Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the County Corridor podcast. We've got a very special episode lined up this week. Stephen and I were joined by Ross County Supporter Liaison Officer Kenny McLennan to talk about some of his favourite memories as a Ross County fan growing up and what it's like in his role as the SLO. Kenny goes into great detail about all the roles, the responsibilities and his duties as the Supporter Liaison Officer. So Kenny gives a really good insight into what it's like in that role. He also has a very interesting story about a pair of Stefan Wolfar shorts, which he wore on a very famous day in Dingwall. So yeah, stay tuned for that one. The three of us review Ross County's 2-0 win over St. Johnson in our first home league match this season. We'll hear from Josh Sims and Malky at the club's weekly press conference. We'll look ahead to the trip down to the Excelsior Stadium to face Airdrie in the last 16 of the League Cup. And we ask another very important question at the end of the podcast. What's your funniest or weirdest memory supporting Ross County? Stephen has a brilliant story about how he found out about Eric Kikos signing for the club. So I'm sure it'll make everyone laugh just as much as it made us laugh. So whether you're listening to the podcast as soon as it's been released, if you're listening to it throughout the week, or if you're listening to it while heading down the A9 to Airdrie on Saturday, we hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed recording it. So let's get into it. Right, I'm joined on the podcast once again by Stephen. How's it going? Good, Ross. Um, top form after a, a great 2-0 win there on, on Saturday. So, yeah, and ready to talk about all things County once again. That's what we like to hear. And uh, we're joined by a very special guest this week, making his debut on the podcast. We've got Ross County Supporter Liaison Officer, Kenny. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. It's uh, really nice of you to ask me on, so pleased to be here oh, I appreciate you coming on it'll be an interesting episode just chatting about your role as a SLO and, and what it entails and you know your relationship with the club even sure. before it and and after as well but we'll come on to that in a little bit um, no we'll kick off just with having a look back at County's 2-0 win over St Johnston on Saturday uh, before we jump into any analysis uh, I'm going to ask for your one word match review Stephen let's start with you how would you sum up that performance in one word promising that's, that's fair uh, Kenny how would you sum it up yeah very positive um, I really like the look of the squad this year um, seemed to have a bit of bite about us um, we could easily have been overawed by um, the way that St Johnson came into the match and their physicality they're quite they're quite big as a team quite large um, and our players are quite slight in a few of them, and uh, we matched up to them. I thought for for spirit as well as um, professionalism and talent. I've uh, gone with a bit of a, a rogue one-word answer on it. Um, I've gone for Brandaldino just for his <laughs> uh, his, his goal on Saturday. I think it's just worth that mentioning. That's, yeah, an absolute yeah. cracker, and uh, not bad for a guy who only scored a second goal for the club on the on the day. But we'll go into the details of everyone's performances and whatnot. Um, so uh, we lined up with a 4-4-2 and there was only one change made to the starting eleven from last week's trip to Celtic Park with Ryan Leake making his debut in place of Will Nightingale who dropped out of the squad due to a thigh strain. So uh, went with Ross Lee long goals, uh, James Brown at right back, Jack Baldwin and Ryan Leake at centre half, George Harmon at left back, the two centre mids were Victor Latouri and Connor Randall, Jan Danda started on the right Josh Sims started on the left, Simon Murray and Jordan White started up front. It was a very attacking team. We saw what they could do at Celtic Park previously, pressing high, getting in the opposition's faces, 
force them into mistakes. And um, we nearly had the the first goal after three minutes, long ball from Laidlaw was flicked on by Jordan White to Sims, who burst through the middle of St. Johnston defence. But his first touch was just a bit too heavy and was gathered by Mitov in the St. Johnston goal. The first interesting note, which we'll lead on to in a, a little while with Stephen's weekly rant on refereeing, was um, Liam Gordon's foul on Jordan White uh, after about 10 minutes. Um, kicked Jordan White in the face, made contact with his face, but Again, there was no yellow card shown, but we'll go on to that in a little bit. The resulting free kick caused the first big chance of the half. Danda's quick free kick is played to James Brown on the right. His cross finds Simon Murray six yard out, but he guides his header just wide of the far post. Simon then had another chance a couple of minutes later. A poor touch by Olufunwa sends Murray through on goal, but Mitov makes the save. At the other end, Dan Phillips forced Laidlaw into a good save after his strike from the edge of the box was heading into the top corner. Sims was the next player to go close. Murray did well to keep the chance alive after a block from Gordon. He played the ball to Dan who crossed it in and found Sims six yards out after he ghosted into the box, but he couldn't direct his header on target. Now, Stephen, this is where we'll come to you on this. The big referee... <laughs> this, feels like, this feels like Stephen Cleland's referee corner each week now. It does, I... Aren't about the officials... I think this is this is the segment we're going to be starting. I think from hopefully hopefully not on a weekly basis when we kind of have something score away. But I think it it was certainly a talking point amongst county fans how this decision was made. But even on sports scene as well, Neil McCann and James McFadden were in agreement with it as well. That yeah, a very interesting call. And as Stephen, you sent to me in the week as well that there was also was it Kevin Conroy that's come out and said yeah. Yeah, one of the referees who'd criticised it as well and said it, it should have been a second yellow and there was no reason why with um, the referee within 10 yards and an unobstructed view couldn't see it, you know? Yeah. So, um, Liam Gordon already on a yellow card flies into Danda to make the tackle and Danda's caught in a sandwich between Dan Phillips and Liam Gordon. Willie Collin plays the advantage, calls it back for a free kick but only decides to award a free kick. No further action such as a second yellow card there was a VAR check for a potential serious foul play but John Beaton decided it didn't meet the requirements of a straight red card so there was no further action taken Stephen take it away yeah I just it's interesting because everyone was saying well why do you not get the second yellow card but I think the understanding of VAR is you can't issue a yellow card it can only be for a red card offence. Yeah, straight red. So in that in that respect, that's maybe why they've not been able to give a second yellow card to make make the red. And saying that, watching it back, and it, I just wish they'd actually asked him to go and check the monitor. I thought that was the you know, for me it was reckless. He's he's off the deck. He's not won the ball, and he's very lucky. So he has caught Danda, but he's caught his teammate at the same time. But he's not under control at all. So for me, that potentially could have been a, a red card and I would rather they just asked him to go and look at the monitor and say, look, we think there's maybe something in this. You know, do you want to reconsider it? I think that might have swayed his decision at that point in time if he'd looked at it himself. So as much as I have an issue with the referee missing it with a, an obstructed view from 10 yards, if he's not seen the exact moment of contact because it's happened so fast, then for me it would make sense just to call him over to the monitor because we've seen it happen on numerous occasions. You know, we've seen Baldwin um, manage to pick up, you know, retrospective yeah. reds 
and and it was very similar to what Baldwin had done against Aberdeen. Was it no? Who was it? It was Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock was yeah. But um, we had one similar for Aberdeen against us. But nothing has been said about that this week. And again, the obviously ex referees came out. There's been a wee bit on the the media's and sports scene and that. But again. You just feel if that had been one of the bigger teams, I think you'd have had a lot more of analysis and pressure put on the referees. We don't want it to get to that, but it's a bit like, well, if that's going to be used to their advantage, then it should be a bit of a fair crack of the whip and they should be really highlighting a lot more and saying, well, look, this is a poor decision here. It'll be interesting to see this week, the cup games are on. I don't know if um, Willie Collum has been assigned to a game yet, but if it's something that he's missed, but then mm-hmm. there's be any action either so it just seems to have been sort of brushed swept under the carpet again just get a bit as a county fan you get a bit frustrated about because you sometimes feel if it was a bigger team you know I think the referee might have been called over to the monitor and we might have seen a different circumstance and outcome on that one yeah Kenny what did you think on it yeah I mean I heard the clatters in the West Stand you know I couldn't believe it It was both you know we were sitting there and a few people in the stand sort of took a deep inhale of breath because it was just you know, I've just not seen that kind of thing where, where two players have just basically sandwiched Danda. And, you know, he could have come out of that quite badly. In fact, when he went off, I thought, well, this doesn't look good. But thankfully, it only seems to be a bruise in his hip. But he's lucky to come away with that, given the clatter he got. You know, I'm very surprised that there wasn't a second yellow, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't understand that one at all, especially when they're you know, sort of reviewing it as well, you know standing there for ages and then as you say Stephen he's not even asked to come look at it you know yeah. bizarre I think they bottled it yeah I think know. if you looked at it in its entirety from the angle you saw on TV where he's come off the ground and he didn't seem in control that was the thing for me is you know no. a red card it's, it's reckless you know and as you said he's lucky he didn't do more damage yeah. so yeah. it shouldn't be based on oh well he has done some damage and so now we're going to give him a red card it should be based on look there was an intent there that could have really caused some damage yeah. and that's what you and he's got a fair bit of weight in him you know yeah. that lad you know compared to Danda so he yeah. could really done a fair bit of damage there but thankfully it, it didn't go that as bad as it could have been yeah yeah so but yeah a bizarre one <laughs> we're waiting you know I think there was a similar one was it two seasons ago at home where was it Tilson got the red card against Motherwell for yeah. something similar where he's gone something five similar. yeah so again, it's that that consistency that sort of frustrates me a bit. And I'll be interested That's to see the word, isn't it? Consistency. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see throughout the season if if a similar incident happens, a county boy doing it, what what will then take place? You know, um, I can understand how they, they didn't get the second yellow card via the VAR because they just can't do that. So that's fair enough. But for the referee not to see it in front of him, but then when you look back, for me, it, it's arguably a straight red offence without even having to have a yellow card involved. Yeah, um, just because of the nature of the, the the danger it could have caused. But luckily, hopefully, in touch with as Kenny was saying, by the, all accounts, it's it's bruising on Dundas hip. My understanding is he did walk out the stadium okay on his own without any assistance on Saturday after the game. So yeah. that's a, that's a positive sign. But obviously, if it's an impact injury, they'll just have to see how the the bruising and all takes that's right. takes its toll throughout the week and that and stuff as well. Um, it would almost have been like a dead leg at the time, you know. He probably yeah. had very little mobility in that leg at the time because it was probably just suffering from the impact, as you say. Yeah. So it would have felt it would have been pretty bloody sore. You know? yeah. Well, you can see himself like when he he tried to get up and play on, he just couldn't. Yeah. You know, 
So yeah. uh, obviously take a right dunt there um, yeah. on the side of the hip, and it's a, it's a bony area as well. So that's obviously the worry that there's not anything chipped or anything there as well. But by all accounts, it yeah. looks like he's he's been a very lucky lad. But as it's more <laughs> case than St Johnstonpoint Gordon's a very very lucky lad to get away with that. Absolutely. I think thinking back to it, it's interesting because Gordon's already on a yellow card. So, yeah. as your club captain, what on earth are you doing thundering into a tackle like that at that point in the game? Okay, you, you need to show your commitment, and you need to go in for the tackle. But 100%. if it's yeah. if it's if it's not there to be made, what are you doing? Like even even attempting to go in for something like that. Um, that was the first thing that jumped out at me. It was like, oh, that's you know, concentration maybe wasn't there, wasn't realising yeah. he was already booked. And it's just, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. Just that what, what surprised me was that, you know, take the referee that Colm can be, mm-hmm. as, as Stephen said in bigger games, I'm quite surprised it wasn't like straight yet, you know, another another yellow off, yeah. you know. Instead, yeah. he, he sort of waffles around, <laughs> you know, and skirts the issue, which I, couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. I think unless yeah. he saw something, unless he saw something because he was close to it or whatever, but I, I, I'm surprised at the decision completely. Yeah. Personally, I think uh, Phillips slightly saves Colum in that situation. I think it kind of gives him the the chance not to give Gordon the second yellow because he could argue, well, it was actually Phillips that made the foul. Well, that's right. Who and did Gordon's it? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a good point. So that's potentially the other way. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, it still caused Danda to leave the field of play because of the injury from that tackle. Yeah, so, which may have been their agenda from the start, <laughs> you know, yeah. get him out of the game. Well, they 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 were you know? they were very physical throughout. I mean, obviously oh, that da- the Danda yeah. injury stands out, but there was another tackle on Jack Baldwin from Andy Considine just on the stroke of half time, just on the on the touchline yeah. on the far side, yeah. and and that's the most blatant yellow card you'll ever see. And yeah. it was just it was not, nothing given for that either. So it was yeah, you're right. Considering what Willie Colm can be like, you know having looked back at some of his old matches and how quickly he can be to get out yellow cards. So there wasn't the same intensity, I guess, from him to do that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but again, he's an experienced referee. You should know what's a yellow card and what's uh, not. Supposed to be, he's supposed to be our, 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 mo- our, our most experienced referee, or one of them anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, quite surprising. It really was. That's that's uh, that's the frustration over. <laughs> that's that's ref, that's referee corner over for this week. Referee well, corner over for another week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week to hear about the dodgy penalty Airdrie get down, <laughs> down the road, and we'll we'll go for that. <laughs> Danda was then forced off. Kyle Turner came on in his place with a point to prove, and he made that point minutes after his introduction. A long ball from Leak is chased down by Turner, and he forces McClellan into a mistake really good yeah. pressing takes the ball away from the defender composes himself and passes the ball under the keeper into the bottom corner to make it 1-0 beautiful um, really composed Ex- exactly what you want from a player that's coming onto the pitch looking to make his mark he's potentially seen a teammate that you know has been keeping yeah. him out of the team and how often have we seen people, guys go straight in and blot it straight at the keeper he was composed and yeah. just put it around the keeper very good yeah, yeah. so uh, first county goal for Kyle Turner and a um, much deserved goal based on the performance in that first half. I mean, yeah. Stephen, I, I, you're probably the same as every county fan in the stadium. How you were only wondering it was only one nil at, at that point. Yeah, for me, the positive is that you know I used the term promising at the start there. Do you know what I mean it's a promising start to the season? We were as, as Kenny saying it's positive. It's on the front foot. It's always promising. Always the worry is 
I always say, if you're always creating chances, eventually goals will come. But the worry is if you don't get that goal when you're on top, then there's always the, the sort of, you'll get the sucker punch and they'll get a breakaway and get a goal and then you're chasing the game and the confidence goes. So it was probably the right goal at the right time considering all the chances we created. And, and don't get me wrong, I thought their keeper played pretty well on, on Saturday there. I thought he kept them in the game. You know, one-on-one saves where he was really good. One with Simon Murray, one with Jordan in the, the second half. And their defenders, even though we're saying about the physical side, they did throw their bodies at everything. They did make it tough to get a clear shot away. So we were having to work really hard for our chances in that respect. But because we were so front foot and dynamic, we managed to create the space and it was the running off the ball which, which unlocked them in the end. As you said, it was a great forward ball by Lee. Kyle's got in there and just kept pressing. And the, the, the mistakes came then. And as you said, Kenny, fantastically composed finish. Yeah. And the boy has that wee bit about him, doesn't he? He looks like he definitely. He's exciting. See when they, see when they when they announced that they they yeah. got him, you know. Um, I thought, well, that that that's inspiring to me because you know I watched I watched Party Thistle and all their their sort of playoff games and stuff like that, yeah. and I really liked the way they played their football. And he was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, and I was really pleased when we got him because I thought, oh, that's a great signing. You know, given his age, he looks happy here. He looks settled, yeah. and. Um, I actually thought I actually thought Simon Murray was going to headbutt him into the West Stand. What a fire! What a fire! Simon Murray has in him. You know, yeah. I, I, you know. Sometimes I think when we get when we get some of these guys, you get them in January and then they've got that wee bit of the season, and you, you never really see the best. Of them. It's quite often the second season yeah. where you see these guys. They're settled. They've had a good preseason. And you start seeing the best of them, you know. And Murray seems to be that kind of guy this season. I think we're going to see a lot of him. Yeah, um, and he's just got that bite about him, and he just seems angry all the time. I know yeah. he's probably not, but he just. <laughs> I thought, what's he doing? You know, I think but, that's uh, probably the way he motivates themselves to keep that intense. Oh, absolutely, impress the teammates, yeah. taking them on, high in the belly, and that's that, that's what the squad needs. You're, if you're gonna if you're gonna press like we're doing, you need people like that pressing from the front that's got yes. that. In- and he's he's delivering on that. And again, it's great then because he's then a good foil for a, a Samuel or a Brophy or or Jordan as well. It's a great foil yeah. to work off of that energy around There's him. There's so well. much, so many options this season up front, yeah. you know, in attack, you know. And I think that's that's really really it bodes well, you know. Yeah. And, and options off the bench to change the game as well, you know. With yeah. Jay Henderson and and um, yeah, Sheaf and people like that, you know, we can just change things and. I, th- I think they've done well doing their business early and, mm. as you say, um, promising. Yeah. You know? and, so. and their time, the, the boys that are on the bench, like Henderson and that, they, their time will come. You know, they, there's Kyle Turner there, you know, you know, not expecting Danda to be off injured and then he's, he's you know, he on, just comes hungry. on. Yeah. That's it. And what I like yeah. about him, second half as well, there was one point, he, you know, he turned one boy inside and drove in and sometimes I think that's where we've been a wee bit um, probably not last season the season before it we were a bit like that with Hango and Regan Charles Cook yeah. they, would, they would drive That's at the it. boy drive yeah. at him and I, if you're going to play that front foot football you need to do that because even if you yeah. if you drive and lose the ball the next player's coming in behind you to take it on and you know keep the pressure going and I like the fact he just drove into the box again it was a save or it went for a corner there was the opportunity to cut back but it's just it's it's having that intensity and that desire just to push and let's try and probe teams because especially in Dingwall the good thing is you start to feel the J-Line getting going again there mm-hmm. on oh Saturday. that was really good on Saturday that was really good and yeah. that gets 
crowd going, it gets everyone behind it. Yeah, even the we West Stand and East Stand were, were noisy. Yeah. You know, even Fiona commented to me on an email. She said, "How good was it to hear the the, the stadium noisy again on yeah. Saturday?" Said, well, it's a two way thing. If what's yeah. on the park has fire, yeah, the stands yeah. will have fire. Absolutely. You know? So um, and that and that's you know it's a, as you see it's a two way thing it's it's always been that way you know um, if what we're seeing on the park gets us off our seats that's yeah. where you'll get the noise you know and you feel it's a wee bit like it's it's a momentum starting moving forward for the team you got yeah. that from Malky and the and the team in the first season after we won that game five 0 at Dundee there was signs there and good performances but you just weren't getting the results and you're thinking is it ever going to come yeah and then the, Fell there for that first while after that Dundee result with some of the teams were playing in Dingwall. You could just feel the crowd, the intensity was starting yeah. to get up and up and that as well. And it was nice to see the boys back in the corner, the young boys with the drum and a bit of definitely thing song going. Yeah. And it just it adds to the day, it adds to the game. Oh, it was huge. I, I I spotted that on Saturday, like, and I just thought, you know, long may that continue because that's what we need, and that's what the players need, you know, and the players feed off it, you know, yeah. And, you know, I think I think that's a big thing, and you know, even you know, Malky will say that himself that you know that that's huge, and you know, that corner, um, you know, is is obviously they, they know that corner is there, and they know the jail yeah. end, you know, it's the, the history behind it, yeah. you know, um, so, um, no, it's it's uh, really really encouraging, like you know, and I just hope that we see more and more Panthers coming through, the more success, you know, if we got a wee cut run going, and we yeah. managed to get London, all that would just drive on, you know, we lit that yeah. Olympic torch. Um, yeah, end of, with a parting game, and <laughs> we just need to keep <laughs> just need to keep that burning as long yeah. as we can, you know. Yeah, no, it is. So. It's all about the momentum shift for us, and right now it's certainly positive and going forward and that and stuff as well. Even when you lose to Celtic, it's a it's a four two game that you're in. It's you know you're going away. Yeah. Think we've had a go at it, but you know that could have been four nil. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But the fact is, we changed that second half. We came out and you know we scored two goals. Yeah. It's like huge. You know, I wait to, to Celtic on their flag day. Um, no, it's really encouraging. Like, I just hope we can keep everybody fit. And, yeah. you know, that, that's that's going to be crucial, like, you know, our best players. Um, but, no, it's, it's looking good, you know. Yeah. Definitely. You guys mentioned momentum there, and the team certainly carried it into the second half and got off mm-hmm. to the perfect start as well. Um, Sims did really well to drive down the left wing, find Simon Murray in the box. He did well to hold... Hold the ball up, keep the move alive. Played it to Harmon, who then laid it off to Connor Randall at the edge of the box. Took one touch to control and second to rifle the ball into the far corner to make it two 0 I mean, we're, I we, we were <laughs> we were we were right behind the uh, the line yeah. of the shot as well. And as soon as it yeah. left his, his foot, you knew it was only end. Yeah, we were the same place. with Stan. Yeah. We were saying that that's that's a cracker. You yeah. just knew when he took it. Thought he's placing that. You know. Yeah. Brilliant goal, and I, and I couldn't wish for it to happen to a better guy. You know, he's such a good guy. You know, a, an unassuming leader on the on the pitch. You know, um, and somebody that loves it up here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, great and exciting that, that, that he's extended his deal. So brilliant, you know, brilliant business the club are doing this this season, and um, you know, it's good. It's good to see. You know, and we've obviously we've obviously learned from the fact we ended up in the playoffs and stuff and you know we're, we're almost like making a statement that we don't want to be in that position this season you know yeah. and I think that's 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 obviously a big driver about the way they've done their business and made a point of saying right okay we need to be we need to be like the teams around us we need to be streetwise we need to 
we need to get players that actually know this league, you know, and guys and mix that with the experience we've already got, you know. So, no, it's good. And I think uh, just on Randall's performance, I think um, Peter Mackay had a good bit of the fans bit in the, I think it was the Press and Journal, he'd uh, um, brought some really good points in it about how Malky's, you know, he's put him into this position, but he's flourished mm-hmm. in that position, but he's given protection to the back as well. So yeah. it's allowed yeah. the the two boys with the, the system we're now playing, you know, it's it's different from Malky was first year where it was four three three and we had the width really came from the two wide boys up front. Do you know what I mean? Pressing in that way. What we're now yeah. managing to do is um well having Randall in there, it's 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 allowing Danda a lot more freedom to go and create, but it, yeah. it's it's also allowing Latouri with his legs and his ability to run to cover space in there and he can just sit in there and so that second goal when you yeah. look at it actually a really good team goal when you look at That's it from the point is Simon Murray get into that position he's played it out to, to Harmon and previously probably where we've been we've we've gotten to these good positions out wide and my frustration is for me one of the hard the easiest part is you've worked you've worked to that position for me this is the hard part it's the final ball and I mean Malcolm yes. sometimes saying make sure that your last pass is your best pass yeah I just thought Harmon it was great it was just a wee touch inside which was enough for Randall just to set himself and then as you yeah. said and, and for me it shows the development within the team it was a great team goal but again as Peter McCoy was saying it was, a, it was a really good thing where Randall can fit into that space and pick up and you know we're, we're laughing about that since obviously his uh his second goal for the club, but that might be something now that he's going to start adding to his game. You wouldn't be surprised if because he's wasting time to pick it out, he maybe ends up getting five or six goals this season, and and that makes a difference for us. Even just getting that from the midfield. Yeah, I was speaking to his dad at one of the games, and he was saying that there's a there's a famous picture that they've got. I think it's his granddad and his father have got the picture of him coming out of the Liverpool tunnel with the armband on. Yeah, and, and who's behind him coming out? So, so he's the captain of this young team. And who's behind him coming out of Trent Alexander? You know, so yeah. that's that's the pedigree that guy has. Yeah, you know, he's he, Klopp thought highly of him. You know, yeah. So, um, I just think it's, I think I think we're so lucky to have a guy like that. You know, we've yeah. got some cracking players, but uh, you know, he, he's a guy that I liked at Hearts. You know, when I saw him playing at Hearts and stuff like that, you know, I always thought he was a bit of a battler. You know, but. Yeah, but he's shown that he's got a wee bit of finesse about him as well, you know, and skill. Yeah. That's the first time I've seen in ages where you actually watch the ripple effect in the stands. You actually saw everybody get out of their seat. Yeah, and Jalen he's standing up because they knew what was coming because you could see him almost lining it up. Yeah, you know? and thankfully St Johnston didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I think uh, they were just they were a bit bamboozled at that point, wasn't it? With yeah. The, the, it was just the ball was getting passed about and again for me that's one of the things that I felt that county sometimes we're just we don't pull the trigger once we've got that ball and it was just great yeah. to see it one touch and then it was yeah. just curved in the bottom corner because other teams have done it to us so often and I think yeah. sometimes we had the tendency to try, try to find that killer ball when it's not on and I think that one there was great we you know Simon Murray he's, he's played it back to Harmon Harmon's a lovely wee ball inside him just at the right weight for he can take a Jeez. touch yeah. Great, do you know what I mean? So at that point, two 0 as you said, Ross, start of the second half, and you're thinking, right, okay, you know, even though two 0 is a precarious position, you're thinking we've got that buffer of a second goal. So even yeah. if Johnston do manage to get something back from a penalty or a set piece, and that we're still in control of the game at that point in time. 
Yeah, I don't want, I don't want to tempt fate, but uh, you know I'm going to touch wood just in case. But uh, you know we've got what I think is a reasonably settled squad that that could go on a decent cup run this season. You know, yeah, and and, and fingers crossed that happens. You know, because at the end of last season that game, uh, you know, it's just it's just it's just got everybody excited. You know, and um, that, that's probably a reason why we're selling so many home strips. And, you know, um, and extra season tickets as well. So it's it's fantastic to see. You know, and it's it's good for the club. You know, yeah. and it's, it's good for the town as well and the area and the highlands. You know, it's uh, it's good that um, one of the teams is doing well. You know, <laughs> let's drop drop that one in there, Kenny. I like that. <laughs> um, yes, Stephen, you mentioned it there that if if St Johnson threatened to get a goal back, if they did from a set piece or anything like that, then we would have still been very comfortable, but they never really threatened. It was only uh, a couple of chances for um, young Luke Stephen who came on off the bench for, and he, he looked quite impressive for a yeah. young guy that came on on the left-hand side. Uh, and a couple of shots, one from distance, and they went just over the bar and another from a tight angle that went wide of the post. But apart from that, they didn't threaten creating it, uh, anything as the half went on, but I think that was also down to how good we were defensively as well. We were very comfortable, even when we changed it to a back five uh, to kind of limit their threats that, that Stephen had actually come on and, and given them some, you know, pace and, and width up front as well that, you know, we yeah. handled that really well. And yeah, we saw out the, the match pretty comfortably. 2-0 win that was really dominant. Could have been five or six because of the because of the chances that, we passed up, but thankfully at yeah. the end of the day we've still managed to to get the three points and yeah, we're all we're all happy at the end of it. I think um, that's, a good, that's a good observation there because that I, I, I spotted that when he came on that number thirty three, I thought this he could he could cause us a few problems here because he's he was quite he was determined, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the kind of guy that I think they're kinda of lucky. Yeah. You know? Um and he did make a difference when he came on. So yeah, well spotted. Stephen McLean even said that post match. He he spoke about the um I don't know, the, the disappointment. Watch your backs, guys, in other words, something like that, yeah. Aye, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, they've experienced pros out in the park and it took Absolutely. a 16, 17-year-old yeah. to come on the park and actually show yeah. what he's wanting from his side and and fair play to him, he did, he he got in about it as well, he got booked late on for the tackle on James yeah. Brown, so he, he was even yeah. willing to to mix it at the other end and, yeah. and yeah, there's a there's a bit of a hunger there. But in terms of County's performance, I think James Brown once again looked really impressive on the right. His energy's been really, really um impressive in his, his deliveries into the box as well when he gets into the positions. Um Ryan Leak for a guy that's only trained for a few days yeah. as well to slot in at centre half alongside Jack Baldwin. I I thought he was absolutely yeah, superb. Yeah, yeah, and and we all know the the, the gaping hole that Alex Yakovic is has left in that defensive unit I mean he played so many games for us and you know Luke came in and and just looks like the perfect replacement for Alex in terms of everything just wish he had a better surname (laughs) (laughs) plug the gap in the back of the league (laughs) Um, but no he I thought I thought he was really impressive Uh, Simon Murray's energy again up front and lucky to to not come away with a couple of goals on another day he probably would have Um, Turner as well to come on and and Mm. prove his Prove his worth as well to the squad coming on first home league match, getting a goal in front of the home fans. You know that'll do him a world of good as well. Um, but I mentioned it at the start in my one word match review is 
uh, Randall Dino, Connor Randall's just, yeah, man of the match. We, you, we spoke about it in terms of, you know, he's been excellent in the midfield role, both obviously going forward to get the goal on, on Saturday, but defensively providing that protection in front of Leak and Baldwin. Um, he retains possession really, uh, really well as well. It just keeps it nice and simple. I think he's a good partner next to Latouri as well, because, you know, they're both very energetic and they'll, they're both very willing to go and do both sides of the game as well. Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, definitely works. And and if they have to sit a bit deeper, then it allows likes of a, a Sims or a Turner or a Danda to then go and join the attack and make, you know, and cause a lot of problems there. So, um, no, very, very positive. I think everyone came away from Dingwall on, on Saturday feeling the exact same that, yeah, I, it feels like this is the, it's it's a really good group we've got. I think it's it's yeah, worth it noting that in the two, in the two league games that we've played as well, nine of the starting eleven of our existing players they were here last season yeah. as well. You know, it yeah, was only uh, Leak and Brown who started the game, and obviously Turner who came on early in the first yeah. half. That um, as as a kind of new players that played like a major role in the game. But um, yeah, it just shows that Kenny, you mentioned that the. the like the the lift from the playoff final that the players will have felt this as well. Though, you know, they've got a point to prove. They don't want to end up in that same situation as last season. You know, the use it as a springboard, go and push yourself yeah. up the table, go and go and get yourselves a cup run, go and push for a, you know, a mid-table finish. Go if you can, go and push for a top six. You know, the targets yeah. could be there. You know, they'll build on it as as the season goes on. But, you know, the platform is there for them to build on. Yeah, we've kind of augmented what we've got, you know, so that we, we already had the experience and a lot of the guys that were there, as you say, that, that, we, that we already had. We've now added to that and we've added to it well and we've added to it early. I think yeah. that, I think that's key, you know, and I think the fact that the bulk of the squad is settled and knows each other's runs, they know where that person's running in a, in a match day or whatever, you know, the runs into the box or whatever, it just looks more settled to me and I just feel it I just feel that only bodes well going forward, you know. Um it'll always be a tough a tough shift for us in this league. We know that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because um you know the top six, you know, if everybody performs as they should, the top six is almost a close shot, you know, just because of the nature of the league, which I always think could be bigger. But yeah. um uh you know I just I just feel that um you know, I just, I just, I just got this little bit in me this season. I just think that everything looks, looks really positive. You know, Stephen. No, I pretty much agree with all the, the sentiments there. Um, and um, yeah, I think um, what we've managed to do is, is, is bring in fl- fresh blood, which has given us options off the bench. We've been able to change games. Unfortunately for Malky. Um, especially towards the last season with the injuries which was horrendous when you look at it and I keep going back to I don't ever remember three players being out with cruciate knee ligament injuries at any one time do you know what I mean so when you look back at you know I, I, I think fairness to Malky he didn't really bring it up as an excuse but we've heard other managers talk about their injuries I don't think they could have compared to what we had towards the end of last season so certainly I think we've managed to add quality to the squad yeah. Um, I'm also thinking as Kenny's rightly said if we can keep a fit squad for the majority of the season because you're always going to have injuries here or there I think this team has the ability to push for that top six and I think as I said to you a couple of weeks ago I think we're maybe just that one or two signings still maybe just a wee bit away but I think defensively now you know we're talking about the boy league I thought he was tremendous especially in the air I thought nothing yeah. beat him in the air I thought he was winning everything in the air for us 
And, you know, in fairness to Nightingale, he had a great game down at Celtic as well. I thought he played well. Do you know what I mean? Considering it was his first, you know, go at that. So yep. we're now looking at and thinking, right, defence is pretty much sorted. We've got the options there. We've got a bit of flexibility. We can change things about if we need to. I still think with now Logan going out and loan to Brora, there might be the opportunity there for um, an additional keeper to come in to support mm-hmm. just sort of the three um, just in case an injury does take place for support there and it might be a loan and I still think we're maybe just that, that wide player because still at the moment we've got Sims who again credit to him on Saturday there was one point where he had a brilliant run in the second half he took a couple of boys on and he was just unlucky when he struck it that managed to, to get a block on yeah. but between himself Sims and we're, we're looking at Henderson the other side it only leaves us that two winger. You know, we probably just yeah. need that one more player in there just for injury and and just again with, you know, we're the system's working well for us. But what you don't want to do is become predictable, and especially if they chase a game or that, you might want to switch it up and change it. Yeah, so I think just those options make a difference for us because you, again, you saw it there on Saturday. Dunder goes out injured, Turner comes on, he brings a fresh impetus. Yeah. We, we didn't have that in the end of the season it was boys just literally picking themselves because it, yeah. it, it yeah. was just not three bare at the end of it so that's right we just you know probably the time to strengthen is when you're in a, a position of doing well and we are doing that right now so I still think if I was Malky and Roy might not thank me for that is maybe just chapping on the chairman's door if an option comes up available just to add to that squad and I think at that point we've got a a right squad there we can have a proper go at teams like Jim because you can see it already but yeah. and things yeah. are really positive yep absolutely agree absolutely agree right um, moving on and Kenny this part of the podcast is all about you um, yeah. <laughs> not, to, not to quote McFly or anything there um, so uh, just first of all how did you build your connection to the club and uh, your support of the club through the through the years and some of those favourite memories that you've had yeah, I mean, growing up in Dingwall, uh, born and bred, um, there was always a connection with Ross County. Um, but I've got family connections there as well. My cousin John Clark used to play for Ross County as a winger. Um, and uh, he he was uh, highly thought thought after as a player. And I remember as a young kid, sort of getting lessons off him and stuff like that. And uh, uh, you know, always went along to watch him and stuff like that. My mum used to go to the matches as well, and his mum used to go to the matches. So it was like a kind of family thing. We used to all go and support him. His dad played for um, Jockey Clark. Well, John Clark was also called Jockey Clark, but they they both they both played for the club. So that that, that was kind of steeped in it. And I guess that was sort of times around. So a lot of the local guys like um, Gordon Seaton and a lot of these guys, Jim Linus. We're, we're playing football for the club and stuff like that, um, but um, no, that 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 kind of started it for me. You know, I was at that kind of age where I was going along to matches. Then you know, um, I mean, if I couldn't afford it, I was getting over the, the and then behind the wall or, or the, <laughs> over near the sort of like the corrugated bits. You know, sort of sneak in and watch it. You know, with a lot of my, my friends. <laughs> but um, yeah, the old wooden stand, the old wooden main stand. Um, and uh, as Stephen mentioned earlier, uh, before we started the show, uh, talking about the grass banks and stuff, you know. And when I see the club now, and the stadium that we've got, it's quite, it's quite, it's it's quite strange, you know. When yeah. I walk in there and I'm sort of looking, 
at the West are than trying to picture where the old stand was. And, and you know, it's just, you know, it's it's amazing, really, what the club's done over the years, you know, and how it's, how it's got what it is. Um, and, you know, I, I used to go up to Telford Street with, with, with a load of guys. We used to go up on the train. Um, and we used to go to Telford Street and Cali and Thistle matches and, um, you know, real, real good sort of matches, you know, and, and real sort of like Highland League football, you know. Um, but yeah, no, a sense of pride when, when, when they came up through the leagues and stuff, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, special, special moments. Um, and um, so, you know, I suppose that's how it started for me, just being a local guy. Um, it surprises me sometimes actually that there's there's not more. I mean, I know there is a lot of locals that go to the match and stuff like that from the town, but there's still a lot of people that I feel could go to the matches. And whether it's just you know they're just not so interested or whatever, maybe football's not their thing or whatever. But I just feel that you know this is a, this is your hometown team that are playing in the top league in Scotland and attracting teams like Rangers and Celtic and Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs. You know that's. That's got to be an attraction, you know. And I know our, our, our crowds swell for these big games, um, but I just, I just, I, just, I think that you know, obviously that you've seen more and more youngsters coming through the turnstiles now, you know. And kids in front of, of me in the West Stand were constantly singing "O two, O two B, O two B, yeah, Staggy," and it's just great seeing that young kids, you know, West Stand hardly anybody else singing, but they're right there in the middle trying to and having fun. And that's, I guess, that's what we want to see in all the stands, um, and and uh, get that kind of atmosphere back. Because the Jalen used to be such a such a buzz, you know, um, when it was when it was all standing. Um, you know, you, you got almost twice the people in there, and and it was just packed, mm-hmm. and you know, almost taking the roof off, you know. So, yeah, a long relationship with the club, um, and I got approached. I was the drummer in the in the GLN for a long time, um, and going out to a lot of the away matches and stuff like that with a lot of a lot of our friends. And um, I got approached to take on the role, um, and I jump at it really because I was always there, you know, when we were away away matches. And I was always helping out on the buses and um, helping the Black Hill Supporters Club get the buses going and stuff like that. So. I was always there for the supporters. Like, and when they they described the role to me, that it'd be like a sort of conduit between the support and the club, and um, obviously deal with uh, concerns, complaints, advice, uh, queries, um, suggestions. You know, um, I, I, if I'm honest, I'd like to see our fans use SLO at RossCountyFootballClub.co.uk more um, with regards to how we can do things, you know, and give us some suggestions about what you want to see happen and stuff like that, you know. Because, um, you know, yeah, we deal with a lot of things. There's a lot of information goes back and forth between social media channels and everything else, um, which is part of the SLO role. Um, and there's also a, a code of conduct for our supporters when they're away, at ma- away matches and stuff as well to follow. So I can only see positive things coming from that. Um uh, some another another bit of um, news that I'm going to give you actually that uh, has never been said, and this has never been said on any other podcast. But I don't know if you remember the game. Stephen will know this, where we beat Celtic three two. Yeah, and that last game, Wolfarth scored that goal. Yeah, 
he was wearing my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> the club, <laughs> this is my claim to fame. The club actually ran out of shorts, the size that would fit Wolfarth. And they'd obviously gone through to see who they'd sold shorts to. And they actually got in touch with me. Ronald will kill me if, he, if he's hearing this. And uh, he uh, he said, yeah, Kenny, I see you've bought, bought a pair of shorts. You know, he said, uh, have you used them yet? And I said, no, I haven't. Oh, would you mind? He said, you know, absolutely not a problem at all. You know, he said, he says, we're just short of that size. He said, and, uh, you know, and, this was it. and then obviously he scored that goal against Celtic. And I was like, he's wearing my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else knows that. <laughs> oh, dear. But um, no, more, long, more importantly, long, Kenny, did you get the short back? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, the bugger's probably taking them with him. Uh, yeah, no. Um, but uh, yeah, just show, just shows you that you know, yeah. <laughs> little thing, little things like that, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, a long relationship with the club, um, a club that's that's dear to my heart for a number of reasons, um, and. Um, I, I always try and do my best for the supporters, you know. So any any anything that hits my mailbox, social media, um, whether whatever time of day it is, you know, because it's twenty four seven. Really, a lot of queries come in from all over the place: Rangers fans, um, Celtic fans, Hearts, Hibs, whatever. Um, I do my best to get back to people as quick as I can um, and, and respond with the right information, you know. And the club are very good, um, you know. If I if I need information about things or whatever um, you know if I get in touch with Fiona or if I get in touch with Heather or any of the people at the club um, it's 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 a two way thing you know and, and you can't you can't do the role without that you need that you need that you know that engagement and, and the information that's required you know especially when we have big matches and stuff you know the pre-ops and stuff that happen for these matches is huge you know the operations and structure around it you know they're, they're, a, they're a nightmare to manage uh, these games but you know we we, we we do our best for the size of the club that we've got and the number of staff that we've got to um, just a volunteer myself but um, you know the, the, the number of things that go on around these matches is phenomenal you yeah, know? I can imagine and, uh, I can imagine yeah absolutely so you mentioned that there's like some of the duties and stuff like that but then also for like so the you mentioned there the big game, some of your pre-op meetings and, and things like that. It must yeah. be like a really time-consuming role because you mentioned there that you are working full-time as well. So then to have this on top of that too, it must be, yeah, uh, uh, it takes a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, um, yeah, I mean, the, the role, the role, the role for, I've got one of these, I'm holding my phone up here, but you know what it's like. You, they're ne- you're never away from it. And the phone is constantly, there's stuff coming in literally daily stuff coming in about uh, people looking for it's little things like announcements at half time somebody will get in touch and say oh, my husband's birthday can you do this can you get that done and so I, I control that I go to Craig and get these things done um, if it's sadly if it's somebody that, that, that's passed away and they're looking for a, for a minute's applause or whatever like that then that can sometimes come in through me and then I go to Fiona and there's a, an SFA protocol and procedure that we have to go through for that kind of thing so the referees need to know and there's a whole procedure that we have to go through for that type of thing you know but uh, um, 
Yeah, no, it is. It's amazing the amount of things that you get involved in, and and, and uh, the club. You know, even even on Saturday there past, um, you know, we, we had an issue with um, the 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 device that, that prints out the the season tickets and stuff. You know, we we had an issue trying to source a part for that, and uh, it's been a long-standing issue. Um, we've now managed to get catch up with things and. We had a, a pop-up trailer on Saturday, um, so dishing out uh, season tickets to those yeah. who were still waiting uh, for some season tickets and stuff. And it was nice to engage with people, and you know, most people were really understanding and stuff like that. You know, it was really, really nice. Um, but um, yeah, these little things can, can can come up, and then and then bam, right after that issue with the turnstiles. So you know, it's it's non-stop, and it's you know, people you see Fergie and Duncan, like I mean. It's it's not it's not a mon it's not a Monday to Friday job nine to five no, for them. It's seven days a week and just full on, you know. Uh, but um, yeah, I can understand people's frustrations. Um, you know, it's 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 when things aren't going well and you expect to get something and it doesn't happen, you know. Um, but I must admit, everybody was was very patient and um, we we appreciate that because it's it's hard. You know, it's hard when we don't want things like that to be happening. But when it does happen, it's it's kicking the teeth. You know, yeah, when things are going well and you're selling so many strips and see extra season tickets, and then something goes bad. You know, but these things happen, and it's football. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you um, you mentioned there about likes of season tickets that which are all cards now. They're QR codes that will scan yeah. to go through the turnstiles. So that's that's a change that's been implemented just over the last few years. How's your role changed over the years since you've been in in place? I mean, you know, social media communications probably gone through the roof in comparison to when you first took on the role. So is yeah. there any kind of anything else that's kind of, you know, it's changed? Maybe other things have, have have dropped off. They expected maybe years ago that they would still be in place as such or yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Hearts have had electronic turnstiles for 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 some time, and it was always something that 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 we we talked about, you know, because obviously I have a lot of meetings with uh, previous people that were in um, Fergie's role, you know, and um, and Duncan's role, and every season they look to see how we can do things better, you know, um, and obviously um, the, the the social media thing as you as you just mentioned. You know, we used to do quite a bit on over the bridge. You know, if there was stuff that was needing to go out there, um, I made use of that because I knew there was a lot of people on there. Um, social media, uh, like obviously the Twitter account, the Facebook account, um, Instagram, things like that. It's it, it's extremely helpful if you're trying to get a message out there, and, and even if it's something that the um, the club feel that's more supporter um, related information, then they'll pass that to me and say, "Can you fire that out, please?" You know, um, because they know they know it's going to go out there, and people will retweet it. People will, yeah. and, and to be fair, our support are really good at that. You know, so if I put out something to say that well, you know, there's there's going to be a change to something at at Kilmarnock, you know, the buses won't be able to park there, or we'll be able to do this, or or some sort of information that's specific to an away game, or anything to do with ticketing that, it's good to see people retweeting things and getting the information out to their followers as well. So it's a ripple effect, really, and that's it's a powerful tool uh, in the role. And, and, and to be honest, previously you'd be engaging with people on the bus, or you'd be engaging with people at match days. Someone would come up and say, "Oh, you know, 
um, why is that tea bar not open today or what's this happening or why is that why have we only got two stands open for the cup game blah 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 things like that so yeah. um, you know it's little things like that that um, you, you can try and explain that before it gets to that point uh, always try to be you know if we've got info and if there's going to be a change to something then try and get that information out and try and explain to people why certain things are happening or whatever else like the, the West Stand tea bar last last season because we had to extend the away dressing room, um, you know, we had to sort of like basically eat into the area that was that was where the tea bar was. So we had to have like a pop up tea bar in uh, the West Stand, um, which which had its issues with regards to people wanting to maybe get something before the match. And um, so yeah, I was getting a lot of information about that. Um, the club have done a, a great job turning that around and actually getting the tea bar put back in place now, a, a permanent one. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that'll, uh, that'll, that'll see people getting some some refreshments and whatever before the match, especially kids and stuff that need a drink. And yeah, definitely chew on. <laughs> well, th- <laughs> you know? that's that's actually one of the comments I've got here from Rob Fraser when we announced that you were coming on. He uh, yeah. his comment was, "Thanks for putting the tea bar back in the West Stand." So <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. There you go. So absolutely, <laughs> it's obviously something that's close to, to to Rob's heart, you know. Yeah. Myself because I, I I use that tea bar as well and um, you know when it when it wasn't there we did notice it you know there was a lot of people who were saying oh yeah I didn't manage to get some lunch today I could have done my pie and a bovril or whatever else so yeah I was myself and Fergie were constantly communicating about that and and to be fair to to the club they they said look we'll get it sorted you know it might not happen overnight but we'll get it sorted you know and that's always the case you know a lot of money gets spent on the park. And um, you know, on on various things, you know, and, and sometimes it is just just isn't, isn't there for for certain things, and we can't just click our fingers and, and make things happen. You know, it will happen. It just might take us a wee bit longer to get there. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I mean, I, I love the role. I, I love engaging with people. You know, I like I like seeing people on a match day and stuff like that. You know, it was great being at the trailer on. On, on Saturday because of people were having to pass me and stuff like that so I was getting to see people I hadn't seen for a while and um, you know we've got a, 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 I've got a huge number of people from from probably people in their 80s right down to, to kids and stuff like that that I speak to on, on, on a match day and it's 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 nice you know um, and, I, and I do a lot of things with regards to you know, if somebody says, "Oh, you know, can we get something signed by a player or whatever?" Like, you know, I, I get that sort of stuff organised as well. So it's just the same as probably Fergie and Duncan and everybody else at the club. There's probably somebody going to them and saying, "Can we get this done or whatever?" You know, and we always do our best to try and. And the player, the players, to be fair to them, they're always willing to get involved in things. You know, yeah. Um, so which is, I, which I is like, helpful. Yeah, which is really yeah. helpful. Absolutely, and um, and I think the squad, to be honest, um, is really good at engaging with people off the park as well. You know, really, really nice guys, um, and that that makes such a difference. I think, you know, it makes people feel a wee bit closer to them, um, and I think that's key. You know, because then that message then goes back to school, and it's like, oh, you want to come down? You know, I was speaking to Jordan White at the weekend. You know, you got to come down and see them. Whatever else, and the kids, the kids love it. You know, it's 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 their day. You know, yeah. Um, and it's good for the other supporters as well. And I love seeing the players react to the jail end. You know, there's nothing better to watch that. You know, when the jail end goes bouncing and the guys go over there, and you know they're they're, they're getting mixed up. I know I know some people would 
sort of say, oh, you should watch that films, it can cause whatever. Come on, it's a football match, you know. People want to see that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, no, it's really good. Um, and, and, yeah, the end of last season and the start of this season, because I, I, I honestly, you know, I, I, I thought we were done. You know, I thought you know we didn't we didn't really deserve. I thought you know if, if you know when they scored their 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 goal, the first goal, that, that second leg, I was like, nah, that's us, you know. Yeah. And the second half performance, you know, we know a bit about that now that they heard a bit of music coming from the the thistle dressing room and stuff like that. And um, it was a it was a case of one of the players saying, "Hey, come and listen to this." They think they're going wild. They're not having a party. Get out there, and that's get you know. Let's get this done. Let's get it, and and you'd see the difference in them in the second half. They came out with a, with a with a mission, you know. Um, thankfully, it worked in our favour. <laughs> and I guess from that that part of game, I guess the the whole objective now is to build on that momentum yeah. from everyone at the club you, probably yourself to, to try and harness that as well you mentioned Duncan Absolutely. Ferg as well be, they'll be keen to do that too so it's oh, you know, how, how, to do it. yeah so how are you guys planning to try and carry that forward is there like plans in place that you guys well, have got I to think, continue that yeah I, I think well I think you, you two guys were at the volunteer night um, and, I, and I think that's that was a starting point yeah. You know, and I actually think what would be really good um, is is something around that kind of format where you almost have a focus group that is made up of and, and not just, you know, like maybe across across ages group of people that um, can can come along to meetings and stuff like that, you know, and, and help the club grow going forward, you know, and to help different ideas and stuff, you know, and that was a really good night, you know, I know it was just mainly about volunteering and how could people help and whatever else, but it was good to see people engaging and stuff like that and Malky doing a wee 10 minute talk beforehand. And uh, that that's, that's something that I think is important, you know, is that we have that kind of engagement, you know, and I think the plan, I, I would like to see that, I would like to see that build, and, and have more engagement like that with the supporters, you know, because I think that's crucial to Ross County. I think we've got really good um, people that, that support the club and a lot of good people with a lot of good ideas, you know, Stephen being one of them, you know. Um, and I think it, we have to harness that. We have to harness it for the future because, you know, we, we, we can't just keep doing the same old thing, you know. Um, and I think, to be honest, Fergie and Duncan are very much very much on that you know they're they're looking at different ways they can do things differently and I think that's that's it's encouraging it's the same as what we're seeing on the park you know I'm seeing it I'm seeing it within the club as well um, I, I can see I can see positive things happening already um, and I'm hoping that can just get better and we can just build on it you know um, that, that, that's that's what I want I want nothing more than the club to be successful and, and, and to grow you know, and see those stands parked. You know, it's lovely. It's a wonderful feeling when you see like the JLM bouncing like it was on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I, I want that. You know, I think every every supporter wants to see that. You know, yeah. I I, I don't know about you, Stephen, but certainly for myself and my dad who were at the game on Saturday. I mean, 
the club's spoken about the increase in season ticket sales since yeah. you know since the the craziness of the the playoff final. Um, yeah. The JLN felt like it was fuller around us yeah. certainly as yeah. well, which is you know you mentioned there you want to see a a packed stadium, you want your your home ground to be a fortress for opposition teams and fans to to come to. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to be yeah. an easy place to 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 come to. And you mentioned yeah. the years gone by when the JLN was really really bouncing and it was yeah. you know I think back to that that first division winning season I mean that was probably at its peak you know yeah. with the success that was on the park but the atmosphere created that season was incredible and even the the Scottish Cup run as well from you know that night that Scott Boyd headed in the the last minute yeah. against Hibs the, the place was packed you know and yeah. obviously times have slightly changed now with seats in the JLN and things like that but regardless yeah. when, when you've got a home stadium that's that's full or yeah. you know, it's packed at least. You know, it, it it makes a big difference both to the supporters around you, but then also to players on the, on the park as well. That's yeah. a lot. That, that's the largest noise I've heard coming out of the the jail end in a long time. You know, and it stopped. It actually made people look over. I could see people in, in my staff actually looking over because it was getting so noisy, and it was actually matching. You know, I think even if there's been, I know that when Celtic Rangers are here or Aberdeen or wherever, they've got huge support, and sometimes yeah. it's hard to hear our wee section in the corner you know but that stand actually making that amount of noise on Saturday and then the, the west stand and east stand actually joining in with the singing made such a difference and yeah. it's just a small thing but when it ripples around the stadium like that it just shows you that it can be done and it shows you that you know the players the players must listen to that they must look and think wow we're onto something yeah. here you know and it can only do good things for them you know but um, no, the hairs in the back of my neck were actually standing up on Saturday, you know, because I thought, oh, wow, that's, this is good. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, this is encouraging. And, and, so, Stephen, and Stephen, you'll have been the same as well. You'll have had that feeling in the jail end too. Yeah, oh, yeah, you referenced um, probably what I would say is probably one of the best nights that I've ever had at Victoria Park. And there's been a, a few good many, in fairness to the club and different matches. But the one I always pick out was even the, the two legs away to Hibs and then the, the replay. Yeah. Um, but there's footage on the if you can get your hands that we're on our way DVD which charted the cup run and if you actually look at the jail end when the second goal goes in there's a still or there's a bit that shows the jail end and it's absolutely ram but it's bouncing and I just remember at that point thinking if you were going to show and it's a bit like the Partick game it's got those moments if you want to show someone what how fun a football match can be for all the ages and a local community getting behind a team you know, it's like the party game, and you felt after that game against Tibbs, things really lifted for the club. You know what I mean? They could see that you know that Scottish Cup run did sort of kick us on then to want to go do more, and as a club, and I think I think the same things happened this season with beating Partick in the playoff. It's just given them that lift. But I think again, credit like so Kenny's probably underestimated, not really selling his his role in it, Kenny's been massive in that and, and what they've done with the volunteers night and, and the club and that. And again, it's not a criticism of anyone that's gone before in that, but at the moment, the blend of Fergie and likes of Jack and everyone else involved in the marketing, as you were saying there as well, Ross, and, and the team and that stuff as well, um, it's it just seems like everything's coming together. Yeah. And you get the togetherness with it and things are starting to move forward. It's, yeah. You know, I think 
Young Jack's been great on the social media with some of the stuff that he's done. Even it's just after the game, you know, oh, here's the goals from today. It's just keeping that, you know, that momentum yeah. going on a Sunday morning, here it is, or Monday looks like this. You know, it's just these wee small things that the, the guy... Keep fans engaged. You yeah, know? And, and, and honestly, if I could bottle Duncan's enthusiasm, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's great. He just yeah. tell, wants to do so much. So when, you, when you're getting yeah, that along with Fergie and all that and yourself, Kenny, so yeah, it, it's a credit. And there's one thing I would... And it's interesting because me and Kenny had lots of charts and that and stuff as well. And it's probably something that, that people don't know. And it was really interesting for me is... My assumption was that the club created the sort of SLO uh, role just because they thought it was something we were, were we needed to do. But when you yeah. had a chance, Del Kenny, you talked about how it actually fits into the requirements of all the other Scottish football clubs, and I think it'd be good for yes. people to understand what what that is, and and then the interactions that you have with the other SLOs, because I found that really interesting. It was something I didn't know at all about it. Like, do yeah. You know? That's right. I mean, we're on a WhatsApp group, um, so I'm on there with like Greg Marshall from Rangers, John Paul from Celtic, Beverly from St Johnston, um, Alan Kyle from Kilmarnock. So all the Scottish SLOs are on a WhatsApp group. It's building a network, and that network's really, really useful because you know um, if there are any issues, like any kind of traffic issues or whatever else, or there's any kind of like problems, those people can kind of create like a little network. And just get the information spread about very quickly, you know. And I'm, I'm sort of thinking back to um, the really bad accident that our supporters bus was in a couple of years ago, um, with a fatality, unfortunately. Um, and the way that that whole thing materialised was, I got a phone call from um, Yvonne, who was on the bus, to basically say, "Can you get a hold of David?" Blah 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 blah. But we managed to get all that information pulled in very quickly. Um, to get things in motion, um, get another bus to go down and pick them all up, um, all those little bits and pieces um, that the club basically just kicked into into gear. Um, we even had like a um, like a like a sort of like a bereavement sort of counsellor person to come into the club and sit with 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 some of the supporters that were on the bus and stuff like that, and just and just help them out. So it's all these little things that that people probably don't know because, you know, it's, it's obviously, we, we, you won't want to be broadcasting that sort of thing, like, you know, but it's an example of how everybody can pull together for the greater good to try yeah. and resolve an issue or whatever, you know. Um, and it would be the same with, like, Greg or John Paul or Beverly at, at other clubs, you know. They, um, and it's my, my role is, when they're coming up here as well, is to try and make things as smooth for them as well. And... Um, sort of engage with them and just touch base with them, see what's going on and stuff. Um, there's a lot of information. There's, there's actually a UEFA, I've actually got the guy, um, SLO UEFA handbook. Um, so we, we, everybody got issued with that, you know. And that's all to basically to do with the roles and responsibilities and the code of conduct for supporters and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, you're right, Stephen. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot that goes on in the background. Um, and probably doesn't you know as you say probably supporters aren't aware of, of, of that side of things like you know but um, everybody's got the club's best 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 intentions at the heart you know and yeah. that's and I think that's the that's the crucial thing you know and the supporters are, are, are a big part of that you know you know I deal with like Jay Lender Dean 
you know, um, St. Ostagi's, um, you know, I, I, it's fantastic for me because those guys, those guys give me the, the, the time of day, yeah. I guess, you know, and, and that means a lot to me because it helps me in my role. Um, so if I want to get information out there and these guys retweet it or, or they, they do whatever or they, they get information to me that they think I should be putting out and things like that, you know, because it's a two-way street, you know, if there's stuff that they think um, I've missed or whatever, then I'm more than welcome, they're more than welcome to get in touch and, and touch base and say, look, you know, I can get you this information if it's required or whatever, you know. Um, like, for, for example, the Airdrie match uh, on Saturday, um we got contact from their kind of sort of supporter network um, and the, the person actually owns a sports bar and they basically asked, was a bus going down? Now, unfortunately, there isn't a bus going down because they couldn't source a bus from D&E for this match. But uh, that sports club was was basically, you know, offering to put on free food yeah. and, you know, get them into that, that, that pub and stuff like that and offer them hospitality. Little things like that, just little gestures like that, in a time where we're all trying to find every penny to to do what we need to do with it, is little things like that, you know. Because everybody thinks, you know, football fans have an endless pot of money, you know. But um, it's 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 not it's not a cheap game, you know. Yeah. And um, any little thing that can help fans, but on the flip side of that, supporters are always the first to come out of the woodwork. When we've got things like food banks, yeah, or you know, toys for kids for Christmas or things like that, you know, things where we're trying to help vulnerable members of our community and stuff like that, you know, little things like that. Supporters are always there, even if they're struggling yeah. themselves, they'll find a way to take something along for somebody else, and that yeah. says, you know, that says a lot, and it's probably, it's probably an association with the club as well. You know, it's like because you know what you know. You know that you want to do it for the club. You know you want to do it for the people of the community, um, and it's little things like that that you know I'm all for having these things like food bank collections and stuff like that, which which we we do, and uh, you know in the run up to Christmas especially, there's a lot of a lot of hardship. Yeah, you know, and any little thing that we can do um, to help with that, um, then then you know then be driving that forward. You know, and it's the same with. With other clubs as well, Hamilton. I remember, remember, I was going to a Hamilton match, and uh, their the SLO and um, Sean got in touch with me and said, uh, we're, "We're holding a food bank, Kenny." He said, "If any of you guys um, can donate anything, we'll, we'll hand out free tickets." You know, yeah. and I thought, what, "What a brilliant idea!" Yeah. You know? So we stopped the bus, and we went two trolleys round the place, got a load of stuff. And took it to the ground, you know, and it's just simple little things like that. A wee bit of communication, yeah. job done, you know. So and it just it just puts Scottish football in a good light, you know. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes get a bad rap, but yeah. you know, most most of the supporters that I speak to on, on from all clubs are, are are good people, you know. Yeah, they just they just want the best for their own team, and yeah, um, and you know, any club that, that I've dealt with. Uh, that you know they've been perfect to deal with and yeah. always always gracious you know coming back and saying you know thanks very much for the help and stuff like that you know appreciate the quick response or whatever you know um, but uh, no um, yeah it's uh, the, the, the SLO network you know is is, is something that uh, 
um, is, is very important, you know. I mean, some of them are, 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 are full-time employed with their clubs, you know, like Greg and John Paul and Beverly. Um, you know, they're, they're not volunteers. They're, they're actually paid members of staff. I think uh, Lynn Fisk at Aberdeen as well is, uh, is a full-time employee. So obviously that's a little easier, I guess, for them because they can dedicate a lot more time to it, you know. Yeah. Although you would never know when you see my phone and stuff like that. <laughs> my mailbox, you know. Yeah, but, I can uh, imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, yeah. One of the questions I've got is, apart from Stephen Wolfarth wearing your shorts for that last minute winner, <laughs> um, that's probably going to be up there as, as one of the answers. But what's your proudest moment then as, as an SLO? Is there anything that kind of sticks out in your head that you've helped maybe arrange or set up that the club have taken forward and implemented? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say that that on a daily basis, um, uh, you know, on match days and stuff like that, it can be little things that that, that make me proud of the role, Ross. Um, you know, I'm there. I'm there for anybody. So anybody, and it doesn't matter whether it's a football-related issue or whether somebody's struggling with anything and they want to talk. You know, on a match day, I'm always willing to 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 go and, and meet them and whatever stand there and. And just have a blether with them before the match, and and you know anybody wants to talk to me about anything, um, my you know my my uh, phone's always available, um, you know people can contact me via the email, um, and you know I, I the one thing I would say is that you know I know I know sometimes you know things when things aren't going well and stuff like that, and you know people get frustrated and they can turn to social media and, and go crazy. You know, and I'm very tempted to do it myself at times. <laughs> but what I would what I would say there is that, you know, even taking that five minutes that it took you to write that tweet, just put it in an email and bullet point it and give the club a chance to actually act on it. You know? It's it's so easy to just take five minutes to just write a little email and just say you know, what's happening with this? How can we make this better? You know, how can I do this? How can how can we get the club to do this? How can we do that? You know, um, there's certain, there's only a certain amount of things that there may be a certain amount of things that the club can't do just like that. But anything that comes in, I can assure you, will get discussed. Um, I do, another thing that the supporters probably don't know is that I do an annual audit and I have to list all the different things that I've done over the year and that goes that goes in with the, the licensing for the club, you know, and it's um, it's part it's part of the club's uh, annual kind of licensing audit. And uh, you know, I, I I note all these things. So anything that's been positive, anything that's been that's been dealt with and stuff like that, all gets dealt. With. You know, I sit down with them. As I was in the club last Thursday night with with Fergie and and Duncan. They just chewed over some stuff, you know, and um, you know the guys are. The guys are keen to to do so much, you know. But I think in Fergie's words, if we have a list of ten things, we'd want to maybe do two or three really well rather than do nine badly, you know. So I think I think as a club, we're we're always keen to hear what the fans want to do and and what the fans um, and and there's a, there's a, there's you know there's an ideal opportunity there for people to just yes hello at rosscountyfootballclub.co.uk Fired in an email. Got a bit. Of, I was having to think about this last night, Kenny. What do you think? Can you maybe take this forward to Fergie and Dangan? 
see what they have, see what they think. But I think it's a good suggestion. Maybe something we could work up. Bam. Five minutes, big thing could be a massive thing going forward. So um, yeah, you know, make make the use of me. I'm there. Absolutely, and I, and I've mentioned on the podcast before. I'd back you up on that because. I remember just over a year ago writing the email to yourself with the idea for the podcast and you know having a working relationship with the club. Absolutely. With regards to it, which you then passed on to to Dale, who was at the club at the time, and yep. Ferg as well. I met with yeah. him and and here we are now, yep. just over a year later, having that some email. Yeah, yeah, that email went to Fergie and within five, ten minutes I had a response. And he then followed up by taking my email and firing it back basically to yourself, I think, Ross, and got you into the club to do, yeah. to talk to him. So, you know, we can make things happen, you know, but we need we need that chance to act on things, I guess, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, um, and, and another thing, I don't really want to labour this because it's it's not a negative point, but it's something that I that that, that I see sometimes um, that you know you see some people coming in and they can get frustrated. Um, with 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 members of staff and stuff like that, you know, when something's not going well or whatever, like you know, what I would say there is just take a moment to have a look at the age of that person, and if that's a young sixteen-year-old or a young fifteen-year-old that's volunteering and trying to help out at the club, and somebody comes in and has a go, or you know, I haven't got my season ticket, or, or this hasn't happened, or whatever, then it's. Just, just it's just a case of just taking that five minutes to look at the person you're dealing with, and, and um, come to me. I'm a big hairy, you know. I'll, I can take it, but a young, a young fifteen year old might take that away, and it could be a weight on their shoulders for, for a few months that they did something wrong or whatever. And you know, um, yeah. So use your SLO. That, that, I guess that's my, my uh, punchline for tonight. That's that's the yeah. point. And um, just one question I've got here from Sean McKenzie. What's imp- what are any improvements, or is there kind of one specific thing that you would like to to see that hasn't been identified yet? Is there any like ideas that you've got yourself? I don't know. You've mentioned there, like so the the atmosphere in the ground, you know, and having the singing section back. Yeah. For example, I don't know, like a you know, if it wasn't a cost issue, like a safe standing section somewhere in the ground, or it's just yeah. I don't know something something along those lines. But that's just an example from something off the top of my head that you just mentioned. But uh, yeah, is there anything? I think, yeah, yeah, and it's it's a valid point. And thanks, Sean, for for putting that question in. Um, yeah, I would say that um, that 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 I would like to see is some halftime entertainment as well, possibly involving. You know, and and taking penalties against Roscoe or something, or and you know, and maybe and maybe get somebody to sponsor something or whatever, you know, and and uh, you know, the winning penalties get whatever, or get match tickets for the next match or something, but just get maybe get a couple of kids from the away support and a couple of kids from the home support too, and take some penalties against Roscoe, bit a bit of laugh, bit of fun for the kids and stuff at like that half time. The other thing we were we were sort of like bouncing about was. Um, getting maybe six kids, you know, three either side of the tunnel with flags when the teams are coming out, you know, and just waving Ross County flags and stuff like that. Just little things, little things that can just make that that match day experience a little bit more special for kids and for people coming to the match with families and stuff like that. You know, they can just see that this almost got this like a vibe going, 
that, yeah. that that and when it comes to half time and stuff like that, instead of people just you know they've got something to watch. Even if we get some of the youngsters out with a couple of small goals, um, and and just have a wee five a side kick about or something, or just I know it can be a bit of a nightmare to organise these things, but something like that that's got a wee bit of entertainment and stuff as well, you know. And um, yeah, and I would also like to I'd also like to see Staggy's Staggy's bar used differently as well. I think I think uh, there's a really good um, space there that could be used differently, you know. Um, and, and I think there's some really good ideas um, that we bounced about that 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 could make that bar a success, you know. And you know, let's face it, the campsite's a couple of hundred yards down the road, you know. So, um, you know, if you had quiz nights or you had um, open mic nights for local musicians, um, or you had um, I don't know race nights or quiz nights with maybe some players in, in the teams and things like that, you know, and uh, little bits, just just little things to try and generate a bit. Of, but it needs to be a supporter-led thing. I think. I think this is where we need to be going. You know, I think the supporters need to be having more of a having more of a say in this sort of stuff. You know, I think uh, you know you see other clubs and stuff like that having their supporter bars and stuff like that. You know, and there's a lot of supporter initiatives. I'd like to see more of that. I guess. Uh, so to answer Sean's question, loads of ideas. Um, always talking to different things to, to Fergie and stuff like that, you know, but I would like, like Fergie said as well, I'd like us to take a couple of things and do them really well and actually make them successful and, and do them and back them right to, you know, get them going, make sure they're a success um, so that the fans can benefit from it and, and those taking kids to the to the match as well, you know, get something from it as well. So, so thanks for the question, Sean. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Stephen, was there anything you were wanting to, to jump in and add as well? Uh, what is in what I would like to see in the the ground and that and stuff as well. I think obviously the, the, the cost wasn't an issue, then safe standing in the jail end I think would be something yeah. that would certainly make a difference. Um, okay, but no. There's yeah. an associated cost with that as well, and obviously you, you would have to then look potentially at how it would work with the current um, enclosure and where that would probably need to come off and that as well with the safe standing and that potentially there might be something in that as well. We need to have a look at that. Um, the other thing for me as well is the thing that I do like is the um, floodlights. You've now seen it at Celtic and that as well, linked into the sound system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to add to the atmosphere, you see it. It's sort of I quite like watching a lot of American sports, and I know it's not for everyone. I get that there'll be some people that just don't want that, but I think as you're saying, I, I'd like it to be where you're bringing your, you know, we're trying to attract the next generation of kids and make it an event that's worthwhile to come along to. So I think great ideas there, Kenny, about activity during the match, but I think even making it pre-match and you're getting yeah. people down earlier on the day and make it a big family event. So you're at the Staggies Bar and there's maybe an event on in the morning first thing, like a, yeah. even if it was like a morning breakfast and you're maybe meeting some of the players pre-match, do you know what I mean, before they're even yeah. going that type of thing good shows Stephen yeah um, and, and having that sort of fun side of it where there could be even bit some fun events and games in there even if you had like games consoles for the kids and that and there was fun competitions on and whoever won at FIFA won the you know assigned football or you know tickets yeah. to the game and that and just have a bit of fun with it and I think if you could link it in with like the sound system because I know that's something that the club are always looking at to upgrade and that and stuff as well 
but a sound system that linked into the, the lighting where you could have it, where the atmosphere then with the, the music and that, because it's great. I know Craig, speaking of Craig before, really nice lad, and we're talking about the choice of music and trying different things. And he's done that a few times before the games. I know there's historically we have like, you know, the, 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 the JLN tune and all that and yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. And great. But there's different things he was trying as well with some of the games and that. And it's just, even if you had that linked into music, you know, under the floodlights at County, when it's, you know, the elements are against you and you could have that, you know, yeah. where the lights are flashing, the music's going. Again, yeah. it just the atmosphere, just these sort of small things, which I think you can take best practice from elsewhere. Again, there's an associated cost in it. But I just think it's, you know, if you're looking to progress, that's where the fans can get involved and how can they then, you know, fundraise to get a better sound system, fundraise yeah. to type of things as well. And I think... Absolutely. There's a lot of, as you said, Ken, there's a lot of goodwill and a lot of expertise as well, which I find with the different people. You know, you found that in the volunteer night where someone was talking about, it was the strip launch and they were saying they were, a, I think it was a Gaelic teacher at one of the schools or something. And yeah. they were talking about yeah. for them to see something like that put out there. Yeah. So you've got all these, you know, business minds and different people, you know, these ideas can snowball as well. So I think you would want, for me, if I was going to try and change something, I would make it into the, not just it's about the 90 minutes on the pitch, it's about the whole event and build up on the day and that and stuff. So even if you yeah. don't get in, the family yeah. have come along and had a great family day out, which, you know, and it's not just your son, it's the grands, it's the grannies, it's the mums, it's the dads, people that don't necessarily always go to football they started yeah. getting involved in it because, you know, we all know ourselves, you don't have to convince us. Once you're hooked with football and you're a fan, no matter how bad it gets, or <laughs> you're hooked. You're not getting away from yeah. it. You've got exactly. to be there and see what happens. So to get that extra 500, 1,000 turning up, which, you know, we saw alone with the 450 additional, wasn't it, season tickets ahead of what we had before. Yeah. Being you know, that's probably, the, the you know, a transfer fee or two transfer fees. Absolutely, you say <coughs> that's the difference it can make. Yeah, not a start like you're in. So, I would like to see you make it more an event where the whole community are coming in and getting involved. And I think that'd be something yeah. special to do it like that. Totally, I think I think you've you've made some really good points there, and these these are the sort of things I think that are valuable, you know. And I, and I think to be honest, the County Corner podcast can have a big say in a lot of this, you know. Can it can it's a great place for 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 for. Um, to promote things like this, you know, and to try and let people know about things and, and try and uh, engage, you know, um, you, you guys are doing a great job with this, and I think, uh, you know, hats off to, to Ross for 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 putting this together, you know, um, and I just think there's 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 a lot of as you say there's a lot of talent in our support, you know, a lot of a lot of clever people and a lot of people with a lot of good ideas. Um, a lot of people have been supporting the club for years and following the club on, the, on on European training camps and things like that as well, you know. And that's dedication, you know. Um, and it, it's 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 trying to channel all that, channel all that energy in the right way, you know. Um, so you know, I'm always, as I say, I'm always free to chat to people. Um, anybody's got any ideas, whatever um, suggestions definitely use the email um and or even just pop me a, a dm on, on on twitter you know um the more we can help the club and give them suggestions that'll help generate funds then that'll filter onto the park yeah you know? yep. so 
you know, it's what we all want. We all want a successful Ross County, you know. Um, it's done amazing things over the over the last few years, you know. Um, and to be punching our weight at, at this top table, and let's face it, we've done it well some seasons. We've done it very well and shocked a lot of people. So um, we've got a lot to be uh, to be proud of as Ross County supporters. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can't champion the club enough, you know. I know we don't always get things right, you know. Um, as a club, there's, there's certain things, sometimes we just we just don't see it coming and, or something happens and it's out of our control or whatever, like, you know, but, uh, you know, there's full intentions there, you know. You've got a guy that's been involved at every level of that football club from coaching youth, playing for the club, coaching youth, running the academy, now the CEO and, and a guy that basically lives and breathes Ross County, you know, and he's, you know, he, he wants to do so much, you know, um, and let's face it, Roy would be the, the, the one to, to, to basically keep telling him to try and do as much as he can and back it, make it yeah. be self-sustainable, you know. Um, so... Uh, I think I think if the supporters have got suggestions and stuff like that, get them in. Get don't let that don't let that thought go out of your mind and then be lost. Get it down in an email or a or a Twitter DM or whatever. Whether it's to me, whether it's to yourself, Stephen, whether it's to Ross on the county you know podcast, wherever it comes from, it just has to come in because that's what will keep the club moving forward. Is yeah. good supporter ideas. Absolutely. And I, I honestly can't thank you guys enough for asking me on. You know, I know, I know. Um, um, it's a big thing for me, you know, to to be able to come on here and, and bleat about Ross County, and I know how passionate you two are. Um, so um, it's it's given me a platform to say a few things that possibly people don't know, or maybe people didn't realise that you know they can do that, but you know it's there that's what the SLO is for it's, it's it's a communication bridge between the club and the supporter yeah so just crack on yeah absolutely I think it, it's key as well that you know as supporters we want to see success on the pitch but we also want to see success off the pitch as well absolutely which is, you know which is one of the things of you know why we're delighted to have you on to you know, you can talk about your role as an SLO and inform, yeah. you know, all the listeners of, you know, what exactly goes on in your role that, as you mentioned yeah. there, it might not be public knowledge because it's not kind of broadcast like every day on social media and things like that. But, you know, how time consuming the role can be, all the organisation, the rules and regulations you've got to follow, everything here. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I mean, it's, the, it's the same idea with having... Uh, Jack and Duncan as well, just to for people to learn about their roles at the club because they're, oh, they're you know working behind it, the scenes as well. So I think it's important, Ross. I think you know because you know I, I, I mean I get on with everybody. You know I, I don't have a bad word to say about anybody. You know and I'm I'm approachable. Everybody knows anybody that's, that, that that knows me knows they can just come up and just blather away and you know i'll never i'll never turn away from anybody i'll always be there to talk and and chat away about football about ross county about anything anything that they want to talk about you know and we're in a we're in a period of flux at the moment where financially you know people are struggling and there's lots of stuff going on in the world your slo is also there to have a chat to it doesn't matter what it's about 
if there's something bothering you, come along and come over and just say hi. You know, you know, I'll buy you a cup of coffee or whatever, or we'll just we'll just go and have a blather. But you know, use use that because we're here for the community as well as 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 running a football club. You know, and uh, that's you know, as supporters, I think we have a we have a duty of care for our club as well. You know, and I think that's you know, yes, we can we can we can rant sometimes when things aren't going well and whatever, or we can have a wee spat. But at the end of the day, we're all buying season tickets. We're all buying the new shirt that gets out. We're all we're all coming back to do the same thing because we love it. So, yeah. and it's our own wee home football club. You know, it's our own little part of history. So, what, what can you say more than that? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, moving on to some of the other news that's and ongoings that have gone on at the club in the last seven days. Um, the under-18s made the trip down to Morton on Friday night just past. They lost 3-2 down there. Uh, Kuba Lysinski scored, as well as Callum Brown. So uh, just unfortunately they missed out on there. But uh, having been along to one of the under-18 games a couple of weeks ago, they seemed like a good side. So promising stuff for the future. Um, there was news that the club confirmed that Logan Ross has gone out to Broader Rangers on loan for the season. Um, Logan spent the second half of last season at Broader and made it into the P&J's Highland League Team of the Year. So, you know, had a really yeah. promising end to the campaign there. So he'll be looking to continue his development with up there for the, for the season. So wishing Logan all the best there. Um, some of our other loan players, uh, Matty Wright made his Elgin City debut on Saturday. And their nil-nil draw with Forfar. Matty played 92 minutes before being replaced. Uh, Ryan McClellan and Connell Ewan also both played the full game. Andrew McLeod played the full 90 minutes in their County's 1-0 win at Highland League in the Highland League Cup preliminary round. Zach McPhee was an unused sub in Clark and Cannon's 2-2 draw with Devon Vale. So that was just some of the roundups, and that was taken from the club's weekly low watch update, which is which is really interesting yeah. to see. It keeps you up to date with how some of these. Yeah. Players are getting on at their, you know, their respective teams. You know, they'll be having different campaigns, each of them at different stages of their their development. So, yeah, it's always nice to see those kind of updates that go out to keep fans informed of something that we might not always be kind of aware of. So, yeah, it's good to keep that engagement. Um, I noticed the clubs just put a tweet a bit well earlier tonight about Connell Yu and Ryan McLennan and Matthew Wright all in the squad to face four for tonight. Yeah, so that yeah. you know that little loan watch segment is I think that's a great thing because it keeps them keeps the guys in our minds and yeah. um you know get keeps them uh, ticking over and, and let's face it, some of these guys um you know the, it's good for them to go out, as Malky said at the the volunteer night, to go out and play with men. Yeah. You know, they're gonna basically coach them through a game rather than sitting on the bench and festering away in the stands. It's better for them to actually be out there, actually playing and getting coached by guys that have been playing football for years. Yeah, and you know it's a good, it's a good ground for them, like a good grounding for them. And I think um, it's also positive the other way for the players themselves to be seeing that because what it does do is it keeps their association with the club. Because the worry for them is, I'm going yeah. out alone. I'm going to be get forgotten about. If the club right. are keeping about them, they still feel yeah. part of the club, even though they're playing on a Saturday. Yeah, it's Highland League or, or Scottish Division Two level. So. It's it's great, I think, for them. It's a positive the club are doing that to keep them linked in with the club at all times so they still feel part of it. They don't feel detached from it. So I think that's a really positive as well on that side, as well as us knowing what they're up to as well. Yeah. 
100%. Fergie was very keen that that, that that was a part of what they were doing this season with the social media side and that, you know, is that they wanted to have that lone watch segment, you know, so that they, they keep the guys in our, in our focus, you know, and we can see how they're getting on and stuff. So it's, it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Um, some news that came out the club today. Uh, the club announced that Jack Baldwin, Jordan White and Connor Randall have all signed new contracts with the club. Now, Malky confirmed Connor's contract extension during his post-match interviews on Saturday. One was with uh, BBC Scotland and one was with the club. And I was kind of laughing at that as well. I was thinking, oh, that's not news. I can imagine uh, Jack standing there thinking, oh, I've not got the press release ready to to find out. And and yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, it's... If you're not fast, you're last, Jack. I'm fast, if you're not fast, you're last. Exactly. Um, no, look, it's it's great news. You know, those three players are have been a big part of Malky's team since he's come in. You know, he's part of Malky's leadership team now as well. You know, Jack's club captain, Connor and Jordan, um, Malky's spoken about as being really important lieutenants in that leadership group. Ross Laidlaw's vice captain's already signed a contract until the summer of 2026. So, you know, um, that's a really strong spine of a team there tied down now for hopefully the next couple of seasons. I mean, Stephen, you'll be pleased about this news as well. Yeah, again, it just gives us um, a bit of stability. You know, it's it's core players in the team. It's the experience in the team. And again, it's just forward planning. I think what Malky was referring to, you know, we're in our third season now. We're now starting to really see, as we talked about, reducing this sort of loan players and, and, and the, the, the established squad. And it probably takes a good two or three years to get, get to there. So yeah. what you don't want to do is once you've established it, is you don't want to lose it. So it's great for the fans, and also you you now know what you're investing in. You know, moving forward, we're not. You know, we Malky's right. We're trying to get away, and it's tricky as a club with location and and what happens as well. Um, but you only have to look at St Johnston a few years ago. They managed to go through a period, even though they had a couple of managerial changes. The core of the squad was there for a, a long period of time, and they were finishing top six regularly, getting European football. So for you know, a template for a club like County, that's the sort of thing we want to be looking to do and just building on that, you know? So I think it's a, a positive and it's it's three good examples of three good senior pros and that that's what you want around the club at all times. So, and I suppose it's a, a good marker down for the rest of the boys. Okay, you want a contract extension? Then there's your opportunity to go and do it. And and these three boys, for me, certainly have done that over the their time at the club. Absolutely agree. Totally agree. And yeah. I think, you know, having that core group there of senior pros, guys that have been here for, for years, for any new players that come in, they then set the standards. They they know what it means to play at Ross County. They know what it's like to go play at the Global Energy Stadium every second Saturday. They know the standards that are required yeah. from, you know, themselves, from the manager, from the fans as well. Um, so having them there then, you know, and then, bleeds out to the rest of the squad you know it can only be can only be a good thing yeah so um, yeah great great news there so congrats to the guys on their new contract so right before we move on to the preview for the game down in Airdrie we'll jump across to the content we got from the club's weekly press conference so let's hear from Josh Sims first how would you sum up your two years in the club so far? It's supposed to be like a rollercoaster yeah. coming in at the end of the toxic season and then, mm. and then went on last season as well. And you mentioned there about getting the minutes in the yeah. season so far. You know, how has the manager set targets for you during your time at the club? Obviously, 
probably gradually stepping up mm. uh, each season and with the more minutes that you've had. Yeah, like I say, it's definitely been a roller coaster. Um, I've sort of experienced everything in the two years I've been here so far. Um, but yeah, I think goals, more personal goals for me was, obviously when I first came up, was to get back in the squad. Um, obviously been out for so long and then gradually getting more and more minutes. Um, I think last season, I probably expected a little bit too much for myself personally. Um, I would have liked to sort of nailed myself in the team last season. Um, never sort of happened that way, but I think that's why this year I've sort of been headstrong and um, sort of told myself that it's a big year for me. Um, but I feel, like I say earlier, fitter than I have been um, for two, three years now. Um, confident, I'm back playing 90 minutes. Everything sort of is, you know, putting itself back in its place and if I can help the team out and the manager and play well, that's obviously the most important thing. But me personally, I think goals think this year just to play as much as I can, um, keep keep playing in the team, keep starting, keep doing well, um, and everything else will follow. Yeah, how much would you put that down to to Malky and, and the rest of the staff as well? Obviously, giving you the opportunity to come up to the club after yeah. you know a really tough time for yourself off the pitch. Before. Yeah. Prior and then, you know, everything else that's kind of Yeah, I mean, I've yeah got got no sort of words, you know, that of um, sort of how thankful I am for everyone at the club to give me that opportunity because it wasn't easy, um, and it probably wasn't easy for these guys here as well because it's a, it was a risk, you know. I was out for a long time, and um, the manager has been fantastic with me. I think he could have, or the clear man in the club could have easily sort of chucked me in right at the very start when I wasn't ready. Um, but he never did that. He he sort of eased me back in, even though I was probably wanting to get back in. You know, I got the taste of it and training and stuff. And he could have. I was probably more so disappointed, not disappointed. That's probably the right word. But I was so eager to get back playing that I was getting annoyed that I wasn't playing, even though like I was on the bench and yeah. I wasn't playing. But obviously, looking back now, I wasn't. It wasn't right to do so. And um, that's obviously where he's, he's a good manager. You know, he sort of eased me back in gently. And I think that's helped me now because I think there was probably a risk, you know, if, if I did go back in and played, I might have got injured because I haven't been playing for so long. And obviously they've all spoke about that, all the staff. So, listen, I'm, I've got no one but to thank but them, you know, to get me the opportunity to come back and I've got to try and repay them. And in terms of the, the start you guys have had to the, the season, both in the League Cup and, and in the league, has it helped having a getting the business done early, getting the new guys in to integrate with yourselves, such as like the existing squad, but also obviously the news came out yesterday that Jack, Connor and Jordan have signed mm. new deals as well. So does it help having that core group of players that have been here, you know what to expect from the manager, the club, everything and help kind of set the standards for the, the new guys to come in? Yeah, like you said, I think the, the word you use there, core, it's, a, it's really important any club to have a core group of players. Um, it makes it easier for new players coming in. Um, and just have that solid sort of foundation in the team as well. Because the players you mentioned, they've earned themselves an extension in the contract through obviously the performance on the pitch and off the pitch. You know, they're, they're three sort of key members of the team. Um, but the boys that have come in, you know, they've come in relatively sort of, it's almost like they've been there for sort of two, three seasons. You know, they've really came in well. And uh, that's a credit to like, the boys you mentioned and the squad in general. Um, obviously Kyle scoring at the weekend um, was, was nice for him obviously Connor scoring as well the first, first Premier League goal so you know it's a, it's a really good group of boys and you can't help but sort of wish everyone the best because 
everyone gets on so well, which is, and I think that probably shows as well from watching it, like how solid we are as a, as a, as a team. Um, yeah, I've got good confidence in this group, and the boys that have come in have, have come in so well. Um, so it's a credit to them. I mean, in terms of that team spirit we spoke about there, obviously, I think the end to last season with the, the playoff match against Parks, you know, built a lot of positivity around the club. But in terms of the group, is it probably one of the, the most positive, confident groups you've been part of? At the, not even yeah, together, but yeah. In terms of your previous clubs as well. And I think. And I think most boys in the change room would say it's probably, if not the best sort of change room I've been in, um, in terms of the positivity. But just the, the lads in general, everyone gets on so well, and that helps so much on the pitch. Because on the flip side, you've been in change rooms where there's been sort of little cliques or groups, and it, it does show on the pitch. It really does, um, because everyone on the pitch would run for everyone, and. If, if, there's, if there's a teammate down, everybody would help. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's that team spirit in the core, and that's so important, especially up here where I look at the game against St. Johnson, where it's like most of the games are sort of a fight, and it's a, the team who scores first generally comes out on top. But you've got to win that fight first, and then we can play our football, and everyone will fight for each other in that change room, which is, is so important. Yeah, and then looking ahead to Saturday down at Airdrie. Looking to continue the positive start to the campaign as well and get into the next round of the cup. Yeah, yeah. it would be uh, it'd be a different game again. Um, they obviously like to play a lot out of the back through their goalkeeper and their midfield and uh, their defence. So, like I say, it's going to be uh, an interesting game. It'd be a tough one, um, obviously, on their pitch. They'll be confident. They're going to be looking for a cup upset. And uh, yeah, we do our best not to, to give them that. Right, and uh, now let's hear from Malky. Must be really encouraging to carry on the performance after the first day of the season at Park. Yeah, I absolutely because it was a, uh, obviously that's a tough day for anyone, um, and we gave a reasonable account of ourselves, and you know, but to to come back and say right, okay, a lot of people are going yeah, but Ross County season starts today, and you know we'll, we'll see how they do. Um, you know, these are the games they've got to do well and blah blah blah. Um, and I think to actually A, get the first three points on the board um, to play a home game again in front of your home fans and a really good crowd actually on the day um, and it got a clean sheet and score goals and create another five or six 1v1s was something that, that was made me really pleased um, playing against a Premier League team and uh, to go out and give that level of performance with some new players playing, you know, Ryan Leakes at the club three days and, and plays in the game and plays like that, um, you know, certainly vindicates why we brought him in the first place. Um, again, they knew some of the new players, you know, I thought Jimmy Brown again showed real excitement in his deliveries uh, up that right hand side, they're getting better by the minute. Um, you know, and just as I said, just the fact that we've got uh, the ability to create chances again, you know, when I look at the difference between first half of the season second half of the season last year and the fact that we started to look as if we could score goals or were a bigger goal threat second half of the season um, was something I certainly I looked at a lot going into the summer as to how we were going to play and who was going to come in and the dynamics of uh, the type of player we wanted versus, you know, versus can we continue to be a goal threat um, and it, it certainly in pre-season and in the League Cup and now going into the League 
we'll look as though we can create chances which every team needs no matter what you still obviously need to defend and you need to make sure you defend with your lives and you've got players that get behind the ball but you've got to try and be a team that creates chances because without that then as we found ourselves at Christmas you know you end up um, you know possibly relegated and the, the two of the games so far, I mean, the start 11 of being players who are already here last mm-hmm. season as well. I mean, there's been a lot made about the transfer business and things. So, has that incoming the new players helped push the existing squad on as well? And, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned Ryan Leake there, James Brown, adding them into the start 11, it's added real quality in there too. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think like anything, I think you look whatever level you look at and you even go right to the, the, the top of the English Premier League. Um, players are bought, players come into football clubs and it takes time to settle. It takes time to understand leagues, um, to understand uh, their part in a team, to get to know the players, to get to uh, the level of the understanding of how we train, how the manager wants us to play, all of the above. Um, and, and that makes a difference. I think you've, I think at the moment, for example, Jan Danda and Victor Latoury, if you if you took them um, an extreme today from a year ago, they're completely different in terms of their understanding of the Scottish football. Um, and I think that's that with any player, you know, um, they've got to make sure that they actually um, get to how what this actually is. Um, we're talking about players that have come in from other leagues and other and. Um, other countries as well so um, it's given everybody that chance to be able to do that and can you do that um, and bleed that in or have are you thrown that straight in um, but again it goes back to consistency of performance That's and whoever has the jersey and if that's about pushing people that the, that someone come in really makes spurs someone else on that's already here to really good performances then that's what football should be about we should have a squad where what comes on and goes off is is similar in terms of high standard but they should push each other and as I said it's, it's their jersey to give me back and you've spoken up as well about the contract extensions for Connor, Jack and Jordan obviously Ross extended his contract last year as well and that was the spine of the team mm. in the last couple of games as well so you've spoken about your leadership's team setting the standards and, there you and go. that's so important too massively and you know as I said T Jack's now club captain um, Ross Laidlaw's vice and the two lieutenants are um, are Connor and Jordan. So the you know the the guys that lead off the park, I'm delighted to say, are also leading on the park. And that's not always the case, you know. We, you know, there's times obviously with uh, Keith, who was club captain the last couple of years, and um, but at times had to kick his heels in the bench. But that doesn't mean he was a great leader for the club on the, uh, when he went on the pitch, definitely. But um, off the pitch but you know at the moment we've got guys there that, there's four here who um, are being awarded for what they're doing both on the pitch and that they're they're um, important for the the group because they're they set the standard for me um, they know how I want us to, to act how to be to to play to train to be an ambassador for our football club and um, that's important and, and they get it if you for want of a better word they get it um, and once you get it and you throw yourself into something you realise how good it can be and how much you're enjoying it and how sometimes do I really want to try something else when I'm really enjoying what it is I've got and be careful what you wish for I'm looking ahead to Saturday down in Airdrie it's, they've had a really good start to their League Cup campaign and they park this on Saturday as well so they'll be a really tough opponent big time 
uh, yeah, as I said, undoubtedly going to be tough for us. Um, and you know, I give them the, the utmost respect in terms of how we will prepare for them in the exact same way as preparing for Celtic and St Johnson. And just any team news for, for Saturday? Mm-hmm. Anyone back in the open squad? Or uh, no, as I said, Jan's getting quite tender at the moment. Um, we're nearly there with Will Nightingale, but not quite. Um, so it, it's probably the same group that will go again. Yeah. Now, uh, looking ahead to Saturday, where we travel down to the Excelsior Stadium to face Airdrie in the last 16 of the League Cup. Mm. That will be our first visit to Airdrie since 2010, where it ended 1-1 when Stephen Craig opened the scoring for County halfway through the second half, and Kevin McDonald scored a stoppage time penalty for Airdrie to equalise. Since their impressive League Cup group stage campaign, where they were the only team to record a 100% win record, they started their league campaign with a 2-1 defeat away to Dunfermline. However, they then followed that up with a very impressive 2-1 victory over Partick Thistle at the Excelsior Stadium. In their victory over Thistle, player manager Reese McCabe was taken off on a stretcher, so it's possibly likely that he'll be missing out on Saturday. McCabe's been a, a really key figure for them in midfield, so um, he'll be a big miss for them. Potentially, Calm Gallagher is a big threat up front. He scored 23 goals last season and opened his account for this season with the winner against Thistle on Saturday. So, you know, they, they'll provide pre- plenty of threat. They'll be a team full of confidence after their their League Cup campaign so far and the, and the win on Saturday. So, um, Kenny, how do you think we'll line up? It's going to be a tough test, but do you think we'll make any vast changes to the starting eleven, or do you think it'll be mostly go down there with the same team and just get the job done and go into the hat for the next round, hopefully? Yeah, well, that, that that's probably the way they'll probably approach it, I think. I wouldn't have thought he would make too many drastic changes because Pierdry will be no mugs. Um, it'll be a tough game, you know, and uh, they'll be right up for it. So he'll probably go with the strongest squad he can he can field, you know, whether Dan will make it or not. Um, but, you know, the team that played the second half for us um, on Saturday, I, you know, I don't think he could go much... You couldn't go far wrong with that, if I'm honest. Um, you maybe maybe tweak things a wee bit and put a bit more steel in midfield. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen much of Airdrie to be honest. Um, but I just know they're, they're they're never an easy team to play, and they've always had some sort of upset in them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we need to go down there with the right attitude and just make sure we go out and get the job done and and go right from the whistle. The same way thing we did on Saturday attack and, and with pace and keep pressing. Don't don't go down there to try and swagger about because it's, you know, a, a lower league team. You need to just get in there and just treat it professionally and get the job done. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. And we've seen in previous seasons, we could be stung by some lower league opposition absolutely. as well in these cups. So, yeah. you know, um, Stephen Malky will be approaching it with the demand of the players approach this as if it was any other league game and get the job done. Yeah, no, I think as well the pressure that the the boys will feel from the bench now that there's options there. So I think from that point of view now it'll be you're only as good as your last game, and if you've got the shirt, you've got to do something to keep it now, which yeah. which helps with the motivation and that and stuff as well. I think you're right. We have to exercise caution. We have been stung in the past couple of seasons in cup games against lower teams, especially from that sort of championship level where we've had a few upsets against us. So we do know it's not going to be an easy ride and that the all-weather surface there at Excelsior might play a wee bit of selection if there's anyone carrying a few knocks. I imagine if Dan does not 100% yet, 
they might not take the risk and done but then there you go for Kyle Turner he's got the option of of going in there again and and again keeping his shirt if that's the case like you know so I don't see any wholesale changes um, we were pretty much on the money with it from the last one where it was only Lee came in and that was because obviously Nightingale had a, a dead leg or a, a thigh strain yeah. in the previous game or must have picked up later on in the week potentially in training so I don't expect to see wholesale changes. I think the team probably is very much picking itself right now based on performance yeah. and result. Um, and I think it's not like, because it's a Saturday game, it's not like we have to worry about the Rangers game till the next Saturday or you know having to play midweek into Saturday where you might make a few more changes to keep the legs fresh. They'll get the recovery throughout the week. So I think it'll probably be much and such the same team with a focus on, as you said, let's go down there, be professional, press high, do what we've been doing well. And it, it should be a great game, in fairness, for the neutral. Um, but for County and, and Airdrie fans, I think both sets of fans will fancy an opportunity to try and win the game. So it's yeah. really, it, it, you know, if we match them on um, effort and desire, then I think, especially in the last 30 to 15 minutes of the game, the quality might just tell in by County if that's the case. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, that's going to be the battle is keeping the high tempo and that and stuff but we've seen it we can do it throughout the 90 minutes we managed it there on on Saturday just past and also at Celtic and that where we looked strong towards the end of the game against Celtic as well so that hopefully on that side if we just keep that mentality then I think we're um, we've, we've got an opportunity of, of picking up the win Yeah I yeah. think doing our business early and getting the squad together early and having a decent pre-season with them all together uh, could could bode well for us this season, you know, and I think, you know, the confidence from that win on Saturday, taking that down the road to Airdrie is um, probably going to hopefully be in a play in our favour. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree. I think um, it will be interesting to see how we line up. I can I can mm-hmm. see us just going with the the same start eleven bar Jan, depending on his injury. Even if he had, yeah. even if he is able to recover in time, just probably not risking him on an artificial surface. Yeah. Um, with Kyle coming in but I think it'll be interesting to see maybe how um, some of the other players might come into the reckoning for this game so like sort yeah. of, um, you know Brophy's been out for majority of pre-season yeah. he came back uh, just from the, the last game against Kelty in the League Cup group stages so he perhaps might get a start or maybe get some more minutes as the as the game goes on um, Alex Samuel as well had a knock through the yeah. summer as well so you know there's players like that Josh Reed, for example yeah. you know, there might be little opportunities here and there for them just depending on how Malky kind of decides to you know put the team out there um, right. when we were uh, down at Meadowbank for the Edinburgh City game uh, Jay Henderson and James Brown linked up really well on the right hand side and caused them a lot of problems so you know that's another <laughs> option there but yeah. you know as, yeah. as Stephen said that you know it's the strength and depth that we've got just now and it's good to have these options and these discussions to, to try and yeah. figure out, you know, 100%. I think, you know, I've, I've said all that there, but, you know, I fully understand as well if it's, you know, if if it's not broken, then why change it? You know, yeah. that's a team that's performed really well for the last two games. You know, I, think, I think you've, I think you've had the line there with the strength and depth. I think that's, that's huge this season and you can see there that we've got people like Jay Henderson that can come off the bench and change a game. Yeah. You know, he's got a goal in him. He's quick. Um, but when you look at the guys that they can link up with, like James Brown, you know, and uh, Harmon, you know, I, I just feel there's so much quality throughout the squad, you know, um, this season. And I just think that, um, 
you know, as you say, we've got the option to rotate things if we need to, but if it's only the one change to to, to replace Jan, then um, you know, I wouldn't be concerned. Um, no, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And a two two one win, County. Two one win. I was about to ask for scoreline predictions there, Stephen. What's <laughs> your scoreline prediction? Oh, yeah, I, I can see us. I'm going to say three one. But I think it'll be one of those ones where it might be one-one for a long time in the game, and it might yeah. just be towards the end where we just run away from it. You know what I mean? And yeah. just get the win at the end. Um, but it will be far from easy. It will be far from easy. Uh, Airdrie will make yeah. it very tough for ourselves, and I can see it being one-one for a period going into the last ten minutes. And it's just that you know that sort of, yeah. that you know fifteen that last half hour, last fifteen minutes where we might just. Be able to turn the screw on the opposition and just get the the, the win, like do you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth there because I was going to go for a three-one prediction with probably along those <laughs> along those lines. You know, we've been we've spoken about it before. It's like great minds think alike, but aye, um, yeah, I I I think it'll be like a a three-one win. And you know, as we said yeah. there, you know, with the little bit of information on Airdrie going into the game, it's it's not going to be an easy test. And as we said, we've had yeah. these banana skins before. <laughs> The pitch is probably have a game, you know, part to play, you know. Yeah. So, there is that but, too. So. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, it's got a hallmark to be a good cup tie, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Not <laughs> right. Um, just for the final bit of the podcast, um, at the end of the uh, last week's episode, we asked the question: um, Who was the county player that made you fall in love with the club? Um, thank you to everyone who has come back with their answers as well. It's been really, really interesting to see um, all the the variety of the answers as well. It kind of shows that there is a a real difference in demographic of you know people who listen to the podcast, and follow the page, and things like that. So, um, Carol answered here. It's between uh, Roy McBain and Derek Adams. Uh, Peter McKay replied, Ian Vigers. Uh, Sean Dole replied, uh, John Rankin and Don Cowie. Rankin's goals in, uh, in his last season had us challenging for the league at one point. Glenn McLeod replied, Alex Schalk. Kai Rove replied, Richard Britton. Uh, Craig replied, Stephen Ferguson. Um, Taffy Mack replied, Gordon Connolly. Paul Fredericks replied, Brian Grant. Uh, Callum Walker replied, Richard Britton. Uh, Stuart Ferns replied, Tony Bullock. Um, Gary McDonald as well uh, mentioned his was Don Cowie and I went into the story about uh, why it was Don as well that he looked up to him as when he was young as well um, and just one that personally I didn't know and I spoke to Stephen about uh, was from uh, Stuart who replied Tucker Thompson and and personally it was a, a, a name I hadn't heard of before so um, Stephen with his wealth of county knowledge I I I asked him uh, about it and uh, very kindly he gave me a little bit of information so yeah uh, Roy, just, Roy Bremer Roy's excellent yes. um, he, he's he's got um, uh, a sort of Ross County history webpage I think it's uh, under the is it Spanglefish or something the, the thing that you use for it um, I can't mind the exact um, thing we'll, we'll, we'll get the contact if Avery will go on it but he's got lots of good pictures and information so like so the Staggies archive which is great from sort of Scottish League onwards Roy's actually gone back into the Highland League days so Roy I spoke to Roy about it obviously I knew of Tucker Thompson and that and, and being at the games and um, 
in recent years and that and speaking to Tucker and that and stuff as well. Um, but Roy had produced, he went and looked into it and gave a details of when he played and the goals and that, which is tremendous by Roy and that and is really appreciated because again, um, it's of a, a certain vintage that people will know of Tucker and that and there were a lot of fans of him at the time. Like, do you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thanks to to Roy for that. It was it's really informative. I was just going to read it out here. Um, Tucker Thompson's first game was against Borough Rangers on the 10th of August, 1963 uh, in a 4-1 win for County on that day. Played 138 games for County, scoring 46 times, uh, nine of which were penalties. His last game was on the 19th of August, 1967, against Lossiemouth in a 3-1 win. Um, he also played in a cup match against Rangers uh, back in the... 1966 on the 28th of February um, it was a Scottish Cup game against Rangers which was played on a weekday afternoon due to previous performance because of the weather um, it, and as we mentioned just early in the podcast as well that it was the highest attendance ever uh, yeah, at 10, Ross 10, County game 10,000 yeah. people attended the game yeah, yeah the which is incredible to think of <laughs> now isn't it like it's no. yeah, you know. health and safety probably didn't uh, <laughs> no no, probably it not. It effect at that time. I think it was just everyone crammed into the old ground like Jim yeah. But um, yeah, one of those stories where it was all the local lads playing against a, a great Rangers side at the time and just fell short 2-0. But I think as well, again, Roy's probably the one that'll pull up the details on that. But I'm sure it was something like, so they either put sand or horse manure on the, the pitch because there'd been so many issues with it, with it either flooding or freezing at the time. Um, to get the pitch playable and some well, what they say now pitch playable nowadays you, that would never pass the acid test you know with like the bowling green surfaces but back in the day if if it was flat and had white lines in it the game would go ahead sort of thing and that's obviously what they did to get the game ahead so there's probably some listeners of the podcast that would either know of Tucker or even potentially could have been at that game at the time and that yeah. stuff I know I think Donnie McBain referenced it that that was the first game I think that he was at I might be wrong on that but I'm sure Donnie had referenced it Seeing that was why he got hooked on count. He was he was at that game, and, and obviously the kids got off school because it was a weekday because of the postponements. Yeah. And he absolutely fell in fell in love with it at that point in time. He just thought it was the best thing ever. So, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a few fans out there who 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 know of Tucker. Um, but obviously there might be one or two of the the vintage that actually was privileged enough to see him play. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, thanks once again to. To Roy for that bit of information it's handy for us I don't want to call myself a, a younger county fan but you know in, in regards to that I, I don't know I just I, I hadn't heard the name before so yeah it's, it's really interesting to hear you know the history of yeah. everything that's kind of gone on at the club so yeah thank you to everyone that's replied as well just it was just really interesting seeing all the different answers come in to yeah. you know the, the variety of, of the answers as well it was it was really interesting um Probably leads us on to another question we might might ask just after Kenny's story about um Wolf Force Shorts on the, the day. <laughs> what what's what's your um your weirdest Ross County story? I mean, Stephen's spoken about uh, meeting um Eric Kikos in a sauna um prior to when he signed. <laughs> so there's so there's probably that's probably up Can there I for himself. That before the story it goes arms and legs. So what it was was I was in uh one of the gyms that at the time I, I can't remember, was I managing that gym at the time or maybe I'd worked there previously but left but was still using it at the time and um, just in the, the poolside area and it was just after Philip Kiss had made his debut and he happened to be in the pool and just got chatting to him and I just sort of jokingly said to him, 
thinking, oh, I might get something out of him here. Oh, so is there anyone else that's signing along with you? And he goes, oh, yeah, my, my friend Eric Chikos is in the sauna right now. Um, and he's due to sign. And, of course, I kept having to get him to repeat the name because I couldn't get him. Well, obviously, he was in the poolside. <laughs> Grab my phone just to write it down so I knew exactly who he was saying, just to go and check it out then on Google who the lad was. But, yeah, I then later on was in the sauna and they were in there and just chatting to them. Um, so it was one of these ones where I got a bit of an exclusive where I didn't expect to get an exclusive <laughs> of who was signing. It's, I wouldn't encourage county fans to hang around saunas just to get those, <laughs> those pearls of wisdom or, or signings. I'm sure the guys at the P&J and the Rochester don't do that. Do you know what I mean? But it's just one of those funny things. You just didn't expect to, to you know, be in <laughs> close contact with a new signing. And, and again, if I hadn't asked the question, I would have been none the wiser. I just thought it was a a friend of his or a family member who was over but just happened to ask the question just jokingly saying is there anyone else signing with you or training with you right now and he says oh yeah that's my friend over there he's just about to sign as well so yeah that's my probably random Ross County story <laughs> that's, that's that's just makes me laugh every time I hear it it's just like oh, the, the odds on that I mean um, what, well you mentioned like exclusives when you never expect to kind of like come across exclusives and the one that jumps out to me in my experience was um it was it was either uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. I can't remember one of the two. And um, I had to go into the county to meet with uh, George Adams at the time. It was about, I was doing some volunteer work at the club at that time. And I went into his office, we sat down having a chat with him and uh, someone knocks on the door. And it's a, a, what I assumed at the time was a player in county kit, training gear, head to toe, didn't recognise him or anything like that. I was thinking, I was like, who, who's that? And the next day um, we were playing in a Highland Derby and um, little did I know at the time, but it was actually Jordan Slough who had walked in <laughs> to just confirm with George, yeah, everything's fine, everything's fine for tomorrow. We're all we're all good, uh, ready to go. Because the, I think I'm right in saying that Derek didn't actually, or the club didn't announce the signing until Jordan was actually named in the the starting 11 for that day. So Cali couldn't do any yeah. research on how to play against him or anything like that. And, and that day he was brilliant. He was just, he did just not yeah. slew, did not slew the, put that ball through the, to the voice that he then sort of did that drag back and curled it around the, uh, the keeper. Or was that, was that, that, that was uh, Richard Foster. The one you're Richard thinking, Foster, was it? Yeah. Blue was involved. He held the boy ball up for Scott Boyd's That's first best, goal. One of the best goals I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was Scott Boyd's first goal in that game. We beat Cali two one in that game. Yep. And then the second one was very quickly Alex Cooper. He passed it on to Alex Cooper. Yeah. He, he turned. Um, but yeah, it was on New Year's Day, so I remember driving in, and it was John Robertson on the radio at the time. Um, I think he wasn't involved in Cali directly at that point, though. I, I suspect Rob was always be directly involved or indirectly involved with Cali yeah. and his association, the club. And he was like, "Oh." Uh, Ross County have got Jordan Slough and uh, I don't know and he at first they thought it might be a youngster they didn't realise and then they obviously he must have yeah. been asking about and obviously Derek played an absolute blinder because what they'd done is the club had registered him as a loan which he can do in advance so it would kick him from the 1st of January which was on the, it's on New Year's Day the game so again as you said Ross it just didn't give Cali or anyone you know any opponent you were going to be playing an opportunity to research and know and yeah, yeah he was a right handful that day and in fairness to the boy he was a great player for us and I remember he got his one and only goal on the last day of the season away at Partick yes. yeah. everyone was like there was people like crowd surfing and that down the stand 
so delighted for the boy. It was uh, a, gay, a day where everyone had the Hawaiian shirts on and that. It was a real sort of yeah. carnival atmosphere because we'd we'd beaten Hibs 1-0, the Richie Britton penalty, I think it was, on the, the, the Tuesday or Wednesday night. And um, so we were safe going into the party game. We knew that and um, we managed to secure seventh place. That was Derek's second season. So, yeah, it, um, yeah, it was uh, Jordan Slew. So, yeah, he was... Um, a surprise, but a welcome surprise on that one as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that was just, it was just funny remembering it at the time because I, I remember Jordan coming in and I was thinking, I was like, who are you? I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I didn't, I didn't want to ask at the time, I didn't yeah. want to seem like rude or like trying to be nosy or anything like that. And then it was like, I, I, I came back and I told my dad, I was like, there's someone that walked in and I didn't recognize who they were. And I tried to describe him and we couldn't like, couldn't put our finger on like who it was. And then, at the game the next day, I was like, "That's him. That's that's him in the warm up there." So, um, yeah, just just daft how how these things work out. So, yeah, if you've got any weird Ross County stories like that, I mean, you know, if along Stephen's lines, if you've ended up bumping into a new signing in a, I don't know, a jacuzzi somewhere at a local gym <laughs> or something like that, just or 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 has any player worn your shorts? Hi, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> A player, a player might have forgotten his shin guards one day. You just had a spare pack, a spare set in your, I don't know, your backpack going to the game. Oh, there you go. Sorry, yeah. you know. So, um, so yeah, any any daft ones like that, I'll pop the question on the on the podcast to uh, to answer. But um, yeah, that's that's everything gone through. So it's been a long episode, a very enjoyable episode. So um, yeah. yeah, hope you've everyone's enjoyed listening. Um, Kenny, thank you very much for giving us so much of your time to come on and chat to us about everything Ross County. It wasn't even just your role. It was everything that's gone on in between the last seven days as well. Yeah, no, absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're doing a great job. Please keep it going. Oh, I see. You're, you're going to be welcome back on any time. Like <laughs> Kenny, don't you worry. He's, don't he's you got worry. a season ticket to the podcast already. The boy goes <laughs> I, <laughs> My headphones can't get any bigger around this head. So, I, you know, don't, don't try and make it worse. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen, as always, thanks as well for, for your time and coming on too. No, it's great. I really enjoy it, Ross. So thanks for having me on again. It's much appreciated. Good stuff. So, yeah, we'll be back next week, hopefully discussing another positive uh, result and performance down in Airdrie and yeah we'll be looking ahead to the another simple test of welcoming Rangers to Dingwall so thanks for listening